With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joe Biden said, she was 12 and I was 30. <laughs> and then all of the teachers start laughing and cheering and clapping. In what many people, uh, in, in, in what uh, uh, many people are saying is an inappropriate remark. Okay, it's Friday night, so we're going to be chilling, having a good time. But for Joe Biden to be speaking, point to someone and say she was twelve and I was thirty. Does he is, is he not self aware? Does he does he understand like, hey, 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 wow, you don't Biden, don't go there. That's 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 who you are, and um, I guess it is who he is. And it's also funny because it was a te- it was a speech for teachers, and they all start clapping and laughing. So I'm just like, uh huh. Yeah. Okay. What else is new? Well, uh, there's that, and what we what we know about Joe Biden, and then there's the Matt Gates story. This is huge. We got to break down. This is a. I think I would not be surprised if this was a conspiracy. Actually, no. Wait. It it is a conspiracy. I mm-hmm. think that's proven. Matt Gates was accused of uh, sev- serious impropriety, and uh, uh, apparently was under investigation because they claimed that I think. You know, a few years ago, he was hooking up with a 17-year-old or something. And so all of these leftists started saying, you know, child trafficking investigation or something, even though it was like a 17-year-old. But it was fake news. Matt Gates said it was not true. And there was a guy extorting Matt Gates' dad, saying, I can make that go away. That guy gets prosecuted. He's getting prosecuted. He gets five years. And, the, and now the prosecutors are recommending no charges for Matt Gates because the witnesses have no credibility. In other words, it sounds like the story was fake from the beginning. Matt Gates's family was being extorted and somebody was leaking it to the press because tribalism, chaos, whatever you want to call it. Talk about an insane story. So we'll get into all that, my friends. But before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work directly. Check out the shows we did this week over at the, unsen- the Uncensored Members Only Timcast IRL shows. Just head over to TimCast.com, sign up, click that TimCast IRL, and you'll see them all neatly stacked about. We had a good time earlier in the week. We played Mary Bang Indict because yes. we, 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 we try to pull the violence out of it. But that was, that was a lot of good fun, and that was definitely not for the kids, so that's on the website. And we've got other shows like Tales from the Inverted World, and the new Inverted World conversational show live is in production and might even be ready to go within a couple of weeks. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Thank you all for your support as members because you make it all possible. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, be the notification. A lot of people have been telling us for a while now, YouTube is not notifying anybody of the show going live. And some people are like, you know, maybe you're being shadow banned. Okay, well, here's what you can do. You can prove that their censorship won't work. Take the URL and share it so you can be the notification. I've started tweeting out the link to the show. I didn't know it used to do that. We're going to start pushing this because if they want to start deranking us, then all you guys have to do to support us is share it. And it'll be 10 times more powerful than any of their censorship attempts. So again, smash that like button. Joining us today to talk about all of this and more is... Nick Palmashano. You nailed it. Nailed it. I was worried for a second. I <laughs> uh, really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, who are you? That's a great question. Um, I think that uh, it was Socrates that said, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, you know, 
just recently, I, I created a documentary called Send Me that was about uh, the fall of Afghanistan, the fall of Kabul. Um, and I was one of the, the 12 guys uh, in our group, uh, middle-aged dudes that went over to Afghanistan, you know, as it was all falling apart to evacuate uh, as many people as possible. Um, prior to that, I've, I've made a couple of Hollywood movies, uh, comedies, uh, dramas. Uh, and uh, prior to that, I started a company called Ranger Up, which was the first military lifestyle brand. Um, cornered Tim Kennedy in the UFC and, and Strike Force for 12 years. And before all that, I was an army officer. So that's the right. that's the abbreviated version of my life. So you have a lot of uh, a lot of stories about what went down when Afghanistan fell. A lot of stories. Yeah, it was already even before the show. We we're talking a little bit about it. And it was crazy that we we're hearing. So we'll definitely get into all that stuff. Yeah. So thanks for hanging out, man. We also have the t-shirt vendor himself. Humble t-shirt vendor. Humble. So that humble. is the most humble. <laughs> Absolutely. Today I'm wearing a, a little history lesson on my shirt that reminds people of what democide is. It says specifically, the government is way deadlier than any virus. And this is a great conversation starter, especially, you know, at, at Thanksgiving, the small talk <laughs> yeah, at the I'll airport. This is the great, this is the best way to, to start these conversations. You could start them by just simply going to the bestpoliticalshirts.com. That's the website. Hope to see you there. I, I Thanks want, for having me. I want everyone to imagine sitting down for Thanksgiving <laughs> and like the turkey's brought out and everyone's smiling and then Luke grabs the knife and he goes, so the government kills a lot of people. <laughs> and it's like, oh, here he goes again. Do you know who really is the turkey? Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what they put in this turkey? Oh <laughs> yes. I can, don't get me going. And and these are the shirts that are okay here. They're shirts that are censored. We can't even show you, so. Mm, it's true. Uh, yeah. I want to point you guys, if you didn't see earlier today, Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. I was on from three to six. I'm Ian Cross and you can catch me, Ian Cross net if you want to get through nick i'm glad you're here man Thanks, i talk man. a lot about this afghanistan yes. surrender is how i've been framing it because because that's what what, what happened equipment and humans were surrendered by by a hapless military command at least that's from what i see so i'm happy you're here because i want to talk to you about it i appreciate it get what you see yeah as soon as i booked nick i was like man ian's gonna love talking to this guy so i'm really excited for tonight's conversation thank you guys all for tuning in thank you all for notifying your friends about our show we deeply appreciate that let's get going yeah, when when you when when Afghanistan comes up in conversation, it looks like Ian has has personally like, been personally been slapped by Joe Biden. He's like glowing and levitating. He's just like <laughs> when you hear Smashing the stories things. of uh, yeah. like Tim Kennedy, you've worked mm -hmm. with Tim, yep. was explaining. I think it might have been on one of Rogan's podcasts like a couple months ago or mm -hmm. three months ago that, that when the women were trying to get their babies into the military into the airport, yeah. when, and they would had no choice but to try and throw them over the wall, yep. babies, and then oh, they'd geez. get caught in barbed wire because they didn't know Ooh. there's barbed wire on both sides. That's right. Oh man! Yeah. All right, let's 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 anyway. start with something that's still kind of depressing, but at least a little funny <laughs> in some sense. From the New York Post, quote: She was 12, I was 30. Biden leaves viewers stunned in teacher's speech. Uh, correction, New York Post. The crowd cheers for him. They laugh loudly. They laugh loudly and the ha ha. It's very funny when a guy makes a joke about that's a that's a that's a very large age gap you've got there. They say President Biden shocked viewers on his Friday speech to teachers when he recognized an audience member and told the crowd she was twelve and I was thirty. Biden lit up social media with the confounding and seemingly inappropriate aside. He did not say what he did when he was thirty and the win was a preteen. Oh you gotta say hi to me. Biden said mid-speech at the National Education Association headquarters in D.C. We go, we go back a long way. She was 12 and I was 30. But anyway, this woman helped me get an awful lot done. Huh. As a 12-year-old? That's maybe later in life. 
But what's it, what? Why would he bring that up? I don't know. What is she helping him get done? Who That's, is this woman anyway? Like, this is all a mystery to me. So there's know, yeah. there's two possibilities here. One, he's absolutely brain fried and can't even talk properly. Two, he's a, a very dirty, perverted, very bad person. Well, that's a fact. That we can't even mention. And there's there's a lot of other activity that happened before this, whether it's the Ashley Biden diary, whether it's the bunch of creepy videos that are being censored by big tech social media, whether it's him kissing his granddaughter on the mouth <laughs> two times, whether it's two, him I wasn't at that? least two times that we <laughs> yeah. know on record, and him being a career politician. When you're in Washington, D.C., we know for a fact intelligence agencies use um, sex and use underaged children as a form of extortion, as a form of manipulation. So him being in Washington, D.C. this long and, and so many other things that happened beforehand definitely raised some serious questions from my perspective. I just want to, I'm pulling this up right here and hopefully this, this image comes. So when people are like, why do you think Joe Biden's a pedo? Well, it's like, well, here's him kissing his granddaughter on the lips in well, front of a public crowd. How much time do you have? <sighs> She's yeah. definitely kissing him too. That's how many videos <laughs> she yeah. kissed me. Yeah. Biden's like, hey man, I, I don't know what's going on. That was my wife. Look at look, look at this. Look at this. Look at the people. Look look at this lady behind. She's loving it. Like look how happy they all are. It's the weirdest thing, isn't it? Yeah, mouth kisses is kind of a weird thing. <sighs> is am, am I missing something? People. Look, I, I don't know. I don't know what world y'all <clears throat> y'all are from. The world I'm from, family members kissing each other on the lips is like not a thing. Doesn't happen. Yeah, I well, remember it. When I was a kid, my grandma kissed her on the mouth once, and one time I felt like her wetness out of the oh. between the lips, and I was like, "That's, <laughs> oh, that's good." No. It tasted like whiskey because they were drinking whiskey. Gross. Yeah, but why is everybody like staring at Joe Biden kissing his granddaughter? It's not the only time he's done it, but they're all very happy about it. Like they're laughing. He was also referred. Wasn't he referred to as Pedo Pete by somebody? Yeah. Wasn't that his also a thing recently? Right. If you remember that as well, and you know the the behavior there is 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 very eye opening. And uh, again, you could jump to your own uh, you know assertions and, and conclusions, but there's there's a trail of behavior here that is worrisome. Look, here's another one. Oh, no. Like what? It, I don't get it. Is this like a like a Delaware thing? <laughs> People in Delaware it's like kiss their grand their grandchildren on the lips. I don't think so. Oh man, yeah, that's oddly specific. Yeah, I think I think Joe Biden abused Hunter. It explains all of Hunter's behavior. It was Hunter, at least allegedly, they called him Pedo Peter. Uh, I don't know where that came from. If it was like in his texts that yeah, were uncovered or something. That that was like the the phone backup that got released, right? It's, yeah, I think so. I've only heard. I haven't like seen. I don't even know how I would verify it if I saw it. If I would even be real or not, but it's a little disturbing if that's real. And all the teachers are cheering for it. That's like, about well, right. Yeah, 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 I guess so. But you'll see so, people I'm cheering resigned when, to this being reality. He's uh, like, today we're gonna get into this and seven about, and they're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, what are they even cheering about? <laughs> Guys making noise. When when he said Trinidad and Shabbat of pressure, and they're like, yeah, it's like. <laughs> What the? It's like, what's going on? He hits the emotion, the, the tone cue, and that makes everyone clap and cheer, but it like it's not even a logical ex exp expression. It's very I, I kind of feel like if you had a stage with Biden on it, and then his supporters on stage with him, but like... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You could see it. 
And then he said something like, next no rest in Batacaf care. And they all started cheering. I'd be laughing. Like, this is a great show. This is hilarious. <laughs> These people are so dumb. Oy. It's the world we live in, I guess. Well, that's our president. Meanwhile, the economy is imploding. You got uh, uh, the market tanked. What is it? Uh, the, the, the Dow Jones fell below what it, uh, I think when, when Biden first started, it was about 30,300. Now it's down to 29. So yeah, the economy is worse. You can see in this picture, the, the Dow is down. You can see the red and the arrow. And it's oh, like, yeah. Look oh, at this. Yeah. Even hey. that's amazing. Look at this clip. <laughs> right there. As we're showing Joe Biden talking about, about some 12 weird. year old that he knew when he was 30, it, you can see the Dow watch showing a drop of nearly two percentage points. So, yeah. you know, how are you guys doing? <laughs> I am looking at the Dow all time. Yeah, it's tough to it's tough to tell because they'll print large amounts of money that'll naturally inflate the Dow, just because there's more capital. Doesn't mean the economy's doing better though. Well, you know, just to put on my conspiracy hat, if I could, uh, <laughs> just just for a little bit here, let me dust it off just here. For a minute. Uh, if if you do look look at a lot of the Biden policies, they have directly created this economic havoc that we're dealing with for the benefit of the few ruling elites. And this is why a lot of people make the assertions and theorize that maybe there is some dirt on Biden that some very powerful people have on him that they're using to, of course, uh, influence policy in America, policy in America that's not working in the best interest of the American people, working in the best interest of the select few who might have dirt on him and they're using that dirt in order to push these policies wrecking the economy. Maybe, maybe, but I think dirt's the wrong way to look at it. I think it's more like you can do what you want if you do as, you, as you're told. You know what I mean? Yes, and then there could be an extortion operation. I, I think that's a little bit more likely. I don't know. You, you work yeah. in those, in the, in, you know. I, in, I think in general terms, I, I think it's less about stuff like that. I just think it's more that large businesses, the elite, have really significant lobbying power and donation power. And, you know, their businesses can donate and super PACs can donate. You know, if you think about, you know, our GDP and our success, almost all of it comes from small business because small business, and you guys know this, you're a small business, you hire people, you know, you're always growing. You're thinking about how do I do more? How do I get bigger? Large business thinks about efficiency, offshoring, saving money. Um, and so there's nobody that represents the average American, the small business owner. There's nobody that is truly um, putting money, time, lobbying efforts into that. And so, you know, you end up with people that are that only care about, you know, significant interests. I wonder what uh, Biden does when he like I, I think he sleeps most of the time oh, and then they sure. wake him up and give him pills or, you know, maybe injections. they're yeah, maybe injections. They've got uh, big businesses very much about the stockholders and forever it's been about stockholder value, mm -hmm. stockholder. Now yeah. they're they're adding on shareholder value. Mm -hmm. uh, share, am I, is, am I getting this right? Well, that's like the, 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 the Klaus Schwab thing is like planetary sh stakeholders. I think it's stakeholders. stakeholders. That's, that's what, what it is. is. Now they're going from shareholders, which are the stock owners to sh uh, sh stakeholders as well, which is who has stake in this company doing well, which honestly is up for it's up for debate. Like if it's a company that wants to clean the water in Portugal, then all of the Portuguese citizens become a stakeholder in that company doing well. And then they can, I don't know enough about it to start going off on. I've actually been re starting to read Klaus Schwab's re recent book. Um, and I'll definitely let you know more, but it's, you know, it's a way to manipulate, to, to but, get corporations like ESG is like, are you doing well for your stakeholders as well as your shareholders? Are you making the world a better place for your the, stakeholders? The ESG stuff is the Communist Party of America. The, the, so you have the Communist Party of China and what they do is they get an office in all of these companies. You open a company, you got to have, they got to they have an office there. 
and they control if you're in line with the message. And at some point, some U.S. interests were like, man, that's a good idea. We could totally control everything if we just forced this. Mm. So you had this uh, this guy, um, Vivek uh, uh, Ramaswamy. Ra- Ram- Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. There you go. There we go. Yeah, he was ragging on Disney because he was like, you're doing things that are hurting the company for for ESG stuff. You're like, stop doing that. And then he even called out State Street Vanguard and was it BlackRock? I think so. Yeah, he was like, just because they are big shareholders doesn't mean you do what they say. They represent people, and the people don't want any of this stuff. But here's here's the thing, man. These th- those three, like they, they own basically everything. They've got huge percentages of basically everything. Super woke ESG. They're trying to control. It's it's you know what it is. It's kind of like I, I don't know if coup is the right word because it's not like they're storming the gates and taking over. But they're they, they're definitely slowly taking over everything, and they're doing it through the private sector. And and the, the, and, the, and the public sector, uh, to be honest, but they're they're going into the private sector through ESG, as basically the Communist Party of China does, and they're they're getting their offices, they're getting their influence, and then if you don't do as you're told, you get banned, you get you get the axe, you get shut out of society. We we can't let them gain more control. Simply put, got to fight back. How do you do that? Start small businesses, start your own business, make your own TV shows, incorporate, mock Disney as they collapse. Yes. So he's telling Disney, he's like, you've got to stop this. And I'm kind of like, no, wait, don't. Like, no, let Disney rot itself to the core. Okay, we'll make we'll make our own show with Ian. And, That's right. And, no uh, and Bucko. Yeah, we were just That's talking right. today about a lot of content is like, people are, are creating like Christian content. Like there's Pure Flicks, which is starting to ramp up. Their Hallmark has their own, Daily Wire. Pure Flicks? I never heard yeah, of Pure, Pure Flicks. Flicks. Been around yeah, since 2005. But people don't want to be bashed over the head with it. So you've got to figure out what's the next phase. And I think the next phase is sci-fi that takes into account like the cosmology and this new physics where we're finding like cosmic microwave background radiation that kind of looks like neurons in the brain. And you're like, wow, maybe there is a God. And if you can kind of take people in that direction, you know, you can kind of bring God into the conversation and kind of ground it in like morality, but still have cool sci-fi message on top of that. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing kind of depresses me um, because I remember there was a time where there, it wasn't like right content or left content, you know, it was content, you know, like a movie or a show or whatever, you know, was about, you know, whatever the topic of the day was or but it, it wasn't like you watched a show or a host or whatever because they had a specific view. It was, you know, you came on, you had discussions about complex topics and people got into it and they could disagree and that was acceptable. And I definitely feel like, um, and, I, and you know, full disclosure, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm moderate. Um, I do feel like if you're a conservative, you know, you have fewer opportunities to have your voice heard. And you see it in businesses. Like I have friends that own, um, you know, whether they're Second Amendment businesses or, or two-way adjacent. Like I have a friend that owns a company called Fieldcraft Survival, Mike Glover. Oh, yeah, we love Mike. He Mike, was on the show yeah. Yeah. a few months Mike's ago. Awesome. Mike's amazing. I mean, he's one of the best people I've ever met. And, um, you know, he's essentially, you know, targeted as almost a domestic terrorist. And it's insane. This is a guy that, you know, served you know, in the special forces, you know, I have not found a single human being that doesn't like him. And, you know, the special operations and military community is a lot like a sorority where people like to talk about each other. You know, there's a lot of that, like everybody's got a little bit of a beef with everybody. No one has said anything about Mike Glover. Everybody's like, he's the best dude on planet earth. And his content is constantly, you know, pulled down and, and 
he's just telling people how to survive in a crisis. And didn't the feds, you know? feds attack him and label him like a, a domestic yeah, yeah, threat? He, what, was he, the, what was the story? Explain it to people. Because that's a big one. Yeah, he, he is on a list. Like Fieldcraft Survival, Mike Glover, they're on a list as like potential domestic mm-hmm. terrorists. And like this guy would never do anything against this country. Like, I mean, he, he is a, you know, and, and people throw this term around for people that don't deserve it. But like, he's a true patriot. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a big part of, uh, Tim Kennedy's life who, who's, you know, been a friend of mine for years. Um, you know, I know him personally, all of my friends have worked with him or, you know, in, whether in the military or business. And this is a guy that's like, he owns a survival company. So he teaches you, you know, to shoot, to hunt, to, you know, dress wounds, to live in the wild. That's what he loves doing. So that's what he teaches people to do. Like, how do you survive in the worst possible situation? And, um, yeah, like, you know, he's been flagged and it's wild to me. Like, there's no undoing it either. Well, let's, let's jump to this next story here and we'll get into what's going on with this stuff. The Washington Post. Career prosecutors recommend no charges for Matt Gates in sex trafficking probe. Investigators see credibility challenges for two main witnesses in a probe of the congressman's alleged past dealings with a then 17-year-old. In other words, there's no evidence. There's nothing. That's it. Just some people with no credibility making accusations they can't back up. And so the prosecutors are like, ain't nothing we can do about it. We'll see. They're saying maybe they'll still bring charges, but it would be extremely unlikely to do so considering what they're saying now. But here's what happened. They start the probe. Someone leaks information to the press, and then all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's law. The media just says it's happening, and that's what they do. So my question is, with everything we've seen with the FBI, the Washington field office particularly, going after their political rivals, how much of this was an extortion plot? How much of it was, because was, let's, let's just show you the context here. This is from Politico. Florida man gets five years in plot to extort Matt Gates's father. A U.S. district judge sentenced Stephen Alford, to 63 months plus three years supervised release. The story, he went to the family and said, hey, I can make that all go away if you give me $25 million. So I'm starting to lean towards whoever set this up, the investigators, and then whoever was leaking it, they were all in on it. What do you think from your information? Yeah, I, I don't, you know, to me, like I don't have information. So like, I don't, I, I'm very careful. Like I don't like to lobby, uh, lob uh, accusations or, you know, at people that where I don't have real information. So I, I will say that, you know, I, my instinct was that it was true based on the coverage from every major paper, you know, well, I believe I, them. and what's that? Well, I believe them. Well, at so, this point especially. so, you know, at the, the last, you know, couple years of my life dealing with some of the, uh, some of the things I've dealt with definitely has me questioning a lot more things. I'll, I'll say that, but you know, typically the Washington post, does a pretty good job mm. you know disagree I, I, it's just, you know I my, my opinion my opinion that most david weigel fabricated a story and they and then they secretly edited it six months later and they never they, they never like they never issued a public correction he mm-hmm. literally just wrote a fake story about the seth rich conspiracy matt manufactured insane claims that made no sense and then i actually get him on the phone and this, he's at the washington post and i'm like you made this up and he's like Okay. And then nothing happens. Hmm. Six months later, they go in without saying anything and they alter it to clean it up. And that's it. No official correction, no public statements or anything. The Washington Post is just garbage. 
And that's just the easy example I can I, off the top of my head. I'm, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's plenty of examples but, but look, everywhere. Look, but this but, is them right now saying yeah. no charges. Yep. No, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so and, who are these other outlets? And I will say that uh, I will say that you know, if when all is said and done, it comes out that you know this guy is innocent. I mean, that that's pretty terrible. Because, well, he was always innocent. But I, I mean, everyone's innocent until proven guilty. Right. right exactly. So, so you know, so they just run fake stories in the press. What they, they they play dirty games like the, these these liberals tend to think that if you're accused of a crime you're guilty of it. Mm. That's a terrifying reality. Well, that that is the way the media works, right? So like, yep. there's been a huge dynamic shift where, you know, it used to be that like journalists took a long period of time to get stories out, make sure that they had sources, confirmed all of them. Now, because of the age we're in, where everyone is is creating news quickly, you know, including like you guys, right? Um, it is a race to get the story first, which often means that the story is inaccurate. And yeah. once somebody launches the story, everybody races to tell the same story and you end up getting this confirmation bias. Uh, yeah, but this I, is something different. I mean, this is people leaking information on a story that had no evidence or credibility. Sure. And then the media, especially leftist sure. liberal outlets, running it as if it was true. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there, let's be honest here. There's a lot of sex traffickers in Washington, D.C. There's no sure. denying that. There, there's yep. a lot of sex traffickers everywhere. Exactly. I mean, it's, and, yeah. and, and, and it's important to note here that the FBI has been moving, according to the latest whistleblowers, agents off of those cases and moving them on to uh, the January 6th cases. And uh, when it came to this particular case, I did find it interesting because I, I, I do follow a lot of these stories i think they're important to talk about especially when it comes to things like the dc madam that's a whole nother crazy story that if you want to go down a rabbit hole you could go down a rabbit hole with but but i didn't find any any evidence here with, with matt gates i didn't see anything legitimate i didn't see anything confirmed so i kind of kept quiet about it i waited as a journalist to see what was going to be happening mm -hmm. what was going to be developing here but online all over reddit there was number one posts calling him a sex trafficker sure but yep. I, I haven't seen anything legitimate i haven't seen any evidence suggesting this but everywhere on social media especially in leftist circles he is automatically deemed now a sex trafficker which i think is a, a little bit unfair since of course there's no evidence providing this this assertion which was spread out by you know insiders from the government and then regurgitated by the corporate media to smear somebody it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always a bias against people you don't like. If you don't like somebody, it's very easy to believe bad things about them. Exactly. Yes. And, yeah. you know, and he's uh, extremely far right and, you know, is is a continuous target. You know? I, I just can't help feeling like this is a classic case of, we were talking about innocence until proven guilt. This is a case of the media choosing whether to decide if someone is guilty or not and going with it. They don't care about whether it's actually true. And then if it's proven that they're wrong, they simply don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. I've seen them do this before. So what happens if they're if it's proven that they're they've been lying or that they've been inaccurate or they've left something out, they just stop talking about it. I, I agree with like, that. Like I'm genuinely yep. surprised I'm I'm proud of the Washington Post for talking about this at all. Like good mm -hmm. for them. But because what they like to do is just sweep it under the rug. Like Tim was saying with this other story that after six months months they went back and sneakily edited it and didn't say anything about it. Yep. 
I think still to this day, they've never fixed it. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And now, will there be a major retraction from all these other organizations that slandered him? Will all the people who oh, made no, no, fun no, no, of him no, no, and attacked him? They're doubling him? down. The, the activists are already saying stuff like, you know, they just, they know they can't win, but it doesn't mean it's not true. Damage it's is like, done. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we, we, like, uh, there, there's traffickers, and you know this because there's there's victims coming forward. Epstein had his victims coming forward to the FBI in the 90s, and there was uh, people speaking out against this, and of course, they didn't do anything about it. Who is Where, where's the victims of, of Gates coming forward? Like, who was that guy who um, he called out Epstein? Nobody nobody believed him. And uh, what, what was his name? You know, Luke uh, Rutkowski? What, no, no, no. no. This guy, well, there's many he, other he, people. He had a big show. Actually, he had, he had a big show, and, and he's being sued for defamation. And he's is, oh, he's yeah, in court right guy. now, yeah, and yeah, it's kind guy. of a show trial. Oh, oh, Alex yeah. Jones. Yeah. Oh. Dude, you got to see the yeah, most yeah. recent yeah. clip of him going at it with the lawyer who's like, <laughs> talking, the lawyer is whining really hard. And Alex is like, <laughs> so some base stuff. It's pretty. Uh, <laughs> yo, the Alex Jones trial is hilarious. There's this clip. I was watching it. I was watching the live stream of it. And the plaintiff's attorney asks him who he gets his sales reports from. And then Alex is like, uh, uh, no, no one. And then he's like, no, who is it? Who is giving it to you? And then he's like, I'm not allowed to say. And so then they have to call like sidebar. And the judge actually says you were right to do that because he would have to say it's coming from the bankruptcy lawyers. So like, the rulings against Alex are actually inhibiting the plaintiff's attorneys. And then there was that other clip that went viral where he said, you know, he mentioned liberals, uh, morals turning on a dime or whatever, and all the Iraqis they killed, their lies. You saw yeah, that yeah one? the guy, the lawyer was getting really emotional and sparking. He's like, you do, it's emotional when you want to be emotional. And oh, it's the, not when you don't. I'm, I'm sorry. I got to say about this. people's lives being lost. I got to say the judge is inadequate. I'm being polite. Inadequate. I'm being polite to the judge. Because when the plaintiff's lawyer started like just yelling at Jones and Jones started snarking back, the judge did nothing. And then another lawyer was like, judge, are you going to do something? And she goes, well, I can't get a word in edgewise. It's like, oh, you're the, you have a bailiff. You're a judge. You can bang the gavel and hold people in contempt. And you're sitting there letting people mouth off. And not only it's, it's all you for can, TV. It's all for TV. Man. You have a responsibility to do that as a justice. That's your courtroom. Whatever. It's all for TV. It was, it, we're getting memes out of it and the videos are funny and it's just all, it's like, you know, I'm watching that and uh, uh, I can't remember who said it, but they said that the January 6th hearings are basically like nightly entertainment for wine moms. They're like sitting there going like, yeah. oh, what's going to happen next? Oh, he did what? And then they're voting based on it. It's kind of scary. It is. Yeah, but it's, it's more because it's like, if the FBI really is moving manpower out of like sex trafficking and going into domestic terrorism. I, I kind of wonder what you think about this, Nick. Like, why do you think that this is happening? Do you, I mean, do you, do you think there's actually um, a risk of domestic terrorism overthrowing American republicanism? No, I, I, I don't. I mean, you know, I don't think January 6th was a good thing. I don't think, I think that people should be held accountable. So just, you know, that that's my, my position on that. Um, do I think that it was, uh, you know, like a big planned professional event? Like I do not, I, I think it was a bunch of idiots doing idiot things and, um, bumbling about, you know, what do they call them? The MAGA Mimos. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, you know, you look at that group and like, you know, these people are not, you know, this is not, uh, 
uh, you know, like James Madison and and John Adams. <laughs> I mean, like that, like that's not what you had yeah, there. This you wasn't sure? SEAL Team um, Six moving in. I'm pretty. I remember I'm pretty those Viking sure. helmets. I'm and pretty the face sure. paint. Scary. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's a big deal, and I don't. I think it should be taken seriously. Um, but I, I also don't think. I think that the press. This is where I really get aggravated with the press. I, we talk a lot about civil war. Right. And I, I, I think that these people don't know what civil war is or, or they think it won't happen, but they think they can get clicks by talking about it. But, you know, there are going to be idiots that start believing that there's like a real civil war that's forthcoming. And, you know, why wouldn't like, there be? Why wouldn't there be? Yeah. Um, because I, I'm not saying it can't happen because it can happen anywhere. Um, I think that Americans do not really want to shoot their neighbor in the face what about the guy in north dakota who just took an suv and ran over an 18 year old oh yeah no listen no I, and and when you when you talk about stuff like that where you have people that have been driven to a point where they truly believe that like someone is the enemy because they're a republican or a democrat like that's a real problem and, and that, the president did just give a speech where he said that yeah i thought i thought that was an ill-advised you know but don't you like don't you kind of think for one i'd say this is what I was saying about Bill Burr when he said people don't hate each other. It's the internet. I'm like, yeah, why would a neighbor want to shoot their own neighbor? Yeah. Well, no, because people who live next to each other tend to share political values. But what about the person who lives in a city no, talking about somebody who lives in the South or in a That's not, that's not necessarily – like I live in Chapel Hill, which is like the most liberal place on earth, right? Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, and I like actually I have a funny story. Like one day I, I answered the door for the pizza guy and I was wearing like a Second Amendment T-shirt. And the dude started I'm crying. He's like, oh my God, like there's, there's another like conservative in this town. You know, I thought that was really funny. My neighbors are great. They're, they're all liberal. They're great people. They're nice people. And so anytime anybody starts talking about civil war, I literally ask them like, do you actually want to shoot your neighbor in the face? Well, because, nobody wants to, but, but what are you going to do it for? Like, what's the up your, if we have a civil war in America, our life here will never be as good as it is now. Your life will be yeah. worse, yep. will absolutely be worse for the rest of your life. That's true. You know, mm -hmm. there will be yeah, like catastrophic. I mean, like people here do not understand. All right. All right. Let me ask you then. Yeah. Um, how many child sex changes would you allow to happen? Uh, uh, like, like, so, like so, period. So, so uh, yeah, no. uh, it, where you live, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's very liberal. Yep. Uh, let's use Vanderbilt, for example, in Tennessee. Yep. They, they've been giving children sex change surgery. Mm -hmm. You'd be willing to compromise on that to, to allow... To no, allow. no. So my... You well, know, well I, you I wanna, got a problem there, don't you? Well, I want to start by, like... Like, I am totally supportive of anybody that's trans. Like, I, I, am, I am totally fine with an adult, uh, you know, deciding that, like, this is not who they want to be. Um, I, I treat anybody with empathy. I will treat anybody with respect. If you, you know, if you were a man and you transitioned to being a woman, like I will call you by your new name. I will always be kind to anybody. And I think that's, it's totally acceptable. Um, I do get nervous, but I am also not an expert in this. I do get nervous anytime you're talking about children, given that, you know, there is a high percentage of folks that trans that begin transitioning and then change their mind. Desistance, which is, uh, depending on the study, it can be between 65 and like 95%. So, you know, I, I think that um, you, you just have to be careful. I made this point to Stephen Marsh. He wrote a book called The, uh, the Next Civil War. 
And, you know, he was saying he believes the civil war is coming. He wrote a book about it, but he's more on the liberal side, though. He doesn't think he is. He doesn't realize that he is. And we talked about it. He's a cool dude. We just disagree. And, uh, you know, I pointed out to him, I said, do you have universal health care in Canada? He's Canadian. He said, mm-hmm. yes. And I said, OK, um, we don't hear. Would you give up half of your, you know, how much of your health care would you give up to compromise so that we don't go into conflict? And he goes, I wouldn't. And I'm like, you see, there's a problem, don't you? Mm. So what we're having now is, sure, you might say, like, why would a neighbor fight a neighbor? Well, they probably wouldn't. I mean, in m- many civil wars, regular people are trying to flee from the violence. You take a look at Syria. You take a look at uh, mm-hmm. the Arab Spring. You take a look at Ukraine. Most yep. people are just leaving. But a lot of people are fighting. Now, when it comes to Ukraine, it's different. That's an invasion that I understand. When you look at Syria, there are people who are choosing to fight and fight for their cause. So the issue I see is it may be that 90% of people don't want to fight. And that's a good thing because they shouldn't want to fight. Nobody should. But then you come to an impasse. And the impasse right now is stark. Matt uh, Matt Walsh just did this big expose on Vanderbilt University in, uh, I think they're in Nashville, right? The medical center. And they have videos talking about how much money they're going to make doing sex change operations on, on children on actual children, irreversible damage, irreversible surgeries. And the, the issue I take with this is not have, have anything to do with trans people, because I agree with you on that on that point. You know, people, I think if they're adults, should be free to um, do with their bodies as they see fit. And within certain reason, of course, I mean, we don't want people harming themselves, like committing sure. suicide. And there's question about, uh, questions about body dysmorphia. But the issue here is the scientific studies showing high rates of desistance and you look at our Scandinavian, more progressive friends over in Europe, and they've shut down this, this stuff. So now you have the issue of Billboard Chris. Are you familiar with Billboard Chris? I am not. He wears a billboard that says children cannot consent to puberty blockers. Mm-hmm. And when he goes up and he talks about this stuff plainly, calmly, scientific reports, trusting the science, they scream in his face. They threaten him. In some instances, they stalk him. And then we've actually seen what happens when you go against a lot of this ideology, maybe one kid in, in North Dakota for being a Republican extremist, apparently, and threatening the guy, so, so claims the guy, he's dead now. And the guy killed him and fled the scene. So the issue then arises is in Florida, for instance, uh, uh, Ron DeSantis, and I'm sure many people around him will say, hey, schools shouldn't be giving kids sex ed, sex ed without parental consent. So what does the media do? Completely lie about everything happening. You've got Boston Children's Hospital and this whole hoax around a bomb threat. The threat was really called in. It was called into the hospital, but the media was reporting that there was an evacuation when there wasn't, and it's a complicated story. And then you have Vanderbilt. With all of these institutions, once they're exposed giving children sex change operations, they delete their, their websites. And I think it's obvious. They know that the overwhelming majority of American people would reject that and are horrified by the idea that they would do it. And so then you have people saying, look, you know, there are people who believe nothing's going to happen. Meanwhile, the violence has been escalating consistently for several years. You've got Joe Biden coming out on TV only a few weeks ago saying that MAGA Republicans are an extremist threat to this country. Two weeks later, a guy kills a kid for calling it and calls him a Republican extremist. So you, you combine these things with even, look, outside of my opinion, it's, my opinion is all based on expert testimony. A Princeton professor saying that there's a cold civil war coming. All, all signs, uh, I should say the history of what we're witnessing today rhymes with what we've seen in, say, Russia, Spain, or, or Germany. So for, for people to come out, the way I described it the other day is, you know, when Bill Burr comes out and says neighbors aren't fighting each other, we're sitting atop a watchtower, checking the news, reading the news all day, every day, and we can see pockets of conflict all off in the distance. And then we can literally see the president stand up on a podium and yell, they are the enemy and they're mm-hmm. destroying this country. 
And then we look down on the ground where Bill Burr's having a beer and he goes, nobody's fighting anywhere. There's no civil war over here. You're crazy. So when I hear that kind of stuff, I'm like, that was a good Bill Burr. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. But I, I, I just, you know, considering we, we talk about it, I don't think any, I don't think the, like no one here that we've ever had wants a civil war. And so we have people like Michael Malice and even Luke saying national divorce, peaceful divorce before it gets to that point. But you actually have memes emerging about the country splitting up. And there was a, a survey done, I believe it was YouGov data, that surveyed uh, every, uh, surveyed like a thousand some odd people in each region. There are five regions. There's mm-hmm. the West, there's the South, there's the Heartland, there's the Midwest, or I think no, there's a, uh, the Northeast or whatever. I don't know how they broke it up. The mountain region, I think it was. And found that in the South, something like 60% of Republicans want to secede as a South. In the Northeast, the majority of Democrats want to secede. In the West, the majority of Democrats want to secede. In the mountain region, I think it was a plural, I shouldn't say majority, a plurality. It was a majority of Republicans, it was like 60% in the South, Mm -hmm. and then it was a plurality in the East and West of Democrats. The Midwest area was surprising, the heartland, I guess they called it. That was, uh, the plurality was independent voters wanting to secede. Overall, if I did the math, I broke down the the total, the total, uh, I, I took each state's population, I took the total number of people polled, broke it all down. 37.2% of people in the United States would favor their region separating from the United States. So when you have metrics like that and consistently poll after poll after poll saying people expect it to happen, yeah. at a certain point you're like, yo, we're, we're knocking at the door. It's, it's something's happening. Yeah, I mean, so, I, you know, I don't think the federal government's going to allow that. And I also think that people don't really know. What does that mean? You know what it means. I mean, like, there's like we're not going to allow states to secede from the union. That's gonna that would actually be war. So I don't think that that I don't think that's going to happen. I also don't think people know what the economic impact of that kind of separation would be on on every region. Every region. But I don't. Would I, don't be I don't. I don't think anyone does it calculating what's going to happen. I think if you look at the history of civil wars around the world, yep. no, I get it. It's ideological and tribal, and it happens. I get it. So I get it. how would the federal government stop? Uh, you know, they would, they would absolutely use force. I mean, there's no, like, it's not going to happen. You think the federal government has enough personnel, especially at record low recruitment rates, to deal with national, national conflict at this level? That's a good question. They absolutely don't. The Civil War in uh, 1861, the country was substantially smaller. And sure. some of the fighting yeah. didn't even reach other parts, other territories in the United, in the United mm-hmm. States. And a lot of the fighting was confined to, like, the Southeast specifically. Yep. So what happens... Uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. The American Civil War is not indicative of, civil, of, of, of most civil wars. It was a yep. really weird, unique thing where a separate union formed and those two unions went at each other. But if you look at the Syrian Civil War, for instance, where you have 12 different factions, now you take a look at the polarization in the United States and you actually have three or four factions, maybe even more, depending on how, how far you want to break it down. So you have yeah, this. I, I hear what you're saying. I just, the economic hit that everybody would take, like lives changing forever. And then you have the the sub question of, all right, so like, you know, just because, uh, you know, let's say California says we want to secede, right? That's the most obvious one. We know California is primarily liberal, but still, you know, it's still like 40% conservative. And so now you have all these people that are, that are trapped essentially in California. Like it's just, it's a bad scene no matter how you look at it. I don't think... There are some people who absolutely want it to happen, but I think the overwhelming majority of people don't want it to happen. And even as I or Stephen Marsh 
or uh, I don't know who else has, has, has talked about this to, to, to great degrees. I mean, you've got a CBS reporter recently coming out saying civil war is coming. Mm-hmm. MSNBC on primetime TV says we're in it already. A Princeton professor saying we've been in it for four years. None of them are saying it's a good thing. So we all agree it's not a good thing. But that doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would, I'd maybe consider that we have, you know, it, what you called it. I thought that was good. A cold civil war. I think there's definitely like some ideological questions happening. I do not, and, and I don't want this to sound bad because I love this country. And, I, you know, I love, I think it's the best country on earth. I've been to 56 countries. So, like, I have some, you know, some knowledge of, of what that means. I don't think Americans in general are willing to pay the price for what they believe. Right, but like most people fleeing Ukraine, the majority tend not to fight. I mean, even in the American Revolution. I mean, Ukraine is the you know. But but if you look at the 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 American Civil War, that one was particularly interesting because people really were willing to fight. Yeah. On mm-hmm. the north, you had you had uh, yeah. people who wanted to preserve the Union who were fighting just because yep. they were enlisted, but there were a lot of abolitionists. Absolutely. Hans Christian Hegg yeah. wasn't even American. He was Absolutely. like, I'm fighting, stop this stuff. Yeah, and that was a uniquely American thing. Um, you know, our our spirit is different than the rest of the world. I don't see that in the average person anymore. But I mean, you, but, if but, people but, but, are mildly again, inconvenienced. The average person doesn't fight, never has in any war. But, but you're kind Correct. of seeing a lot of people as, as yourself. You're thinking of the long-term consequences. And I think a lot of people have been taught not to think, think about the long-term consequences. A lot of people are reactionary. A lot of people have been you know, thought through social media that emotions you know, matter more than, of course, any kind of logical thinking. Uh, Frederick Nietzsche has this great quote that I talked about a couple of days ago on the show. He says, in individuals, insanity is rare, uh, yeah, but in groups, yeah, in group, parties, yeah. nations, yep. and yeah, epochs, yeah. it yep. is the rule. Yep. So so I, I think it's it's worth noting that, that we are on the precipice where our mindsets are being controlled by big tech social media. There is, I would say, a divide and conquer agenda. I would say people are, are acting against each other more and more. I think a lot of this is deliberate and it doesn't have to mean states go against states it can mean groups and organizations go against other groups and organizations i just i just think you know uh, you got a case in texas where a man and a woman get divorced the mother claims the kid is trans the father claims the kid is not and the state awards the kid to the mother you don't think that you're gonna get to the point where a father just says no. Sure, but that's not a, that's not a civil war. That's an individual matter. No, that's that's like civil wars don't start because one guy. I, no, I understand. Civil civil wars start when an ideology becomes persistent. When the state begins taking children away from from parents, and they and they are now, and you're you're seeing this in uh you know conservatives of course are calling it out. They're saying this this was actually uh, I can't remember who I was watching, but they they there was a conversation happening. They said parents are afraid that if they speak up. Their, their children will be taken from them. Mm-hmm. Schools in many places are telling the children not to talk to their parents. Teachers are posting videos saying parents have no right to educate their children yes, or no, know what's know. going on. I know. It's ideological and it's pervasive. At what point do we see, like with the Bundys, right? The Bundys actually had armed so, dudes uh, like, on I don't, bridges I don't, with guns I don't, pointed I wanna, at federal I want to push back a little bit. I don't know that it's pervasive. I think it is a problem in some school systems in some places you know, I don't think it's pervasive. Like, I, I do not think that exists, for example, where I live in Chapel Hill. Like, and that's a, it's a very, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty involved 
with with my kids. Uh, I'm pretty involved with the school system. My wife is very involved with the school system. But does this mean that you've gone and checked the curriculum for the books that they're giving to kids? Like we have one right here that has sexual depictions in it and it's in school libraries. And we had, uh, uh, who was it, Asra Nomani? Yeah. Is that her name? She brought a whole bunch of them. She came in with a stack of 50 or 60 books that have appeared in schools all over the, all over the entire country. And uh, yeah, parents aren't checking these things. Hmm. So to be like, but, I don't, but, I don't but, think it's happening. But as a maximum different. freedom guy yourself, isn't that on the parents? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, I, I'm also not afraid of books. But this is, this is why Glenn Youngkin... Yeah. Uh, well, are you afraid of porn in front of children? Yes. Right. So that's the problem. Yes. No one's talking about a book. Yeah. We're talking about in this book, Gender Career, sitting right here on this table, there's a depiction of someone, several depictions of sexual activity Amazon listed as 18 and plus, 18 and over only, mm -hmm. but they're putting it in school children's libraries and they've done yeah. it several times. Yeah. So it is a persistent ideology. And that's why it's become so shocking and such a powerful political issue. That's why even Bill Maher addressed the concept just the other, just, just last week saying Democrats need to stop this. And that's why it's so crazy that Matt Walsh, he highlights Vanderbilt University bragging about how much money they're going to make doing these, these irreversible surgeries. Vanderbilt pulls the website down. Clearly, they yep. know. It's shocking. But then you see leftists, Antifa, and the media use all of their power yep. and resources to try and shut the idea down. You see people getting banned and suspended over talking about it. So it, this is a high-level issue, but it's also an issue that makes people really, really angry. Yep. And it's it's pushing us to, to the edge. Yep. But it's not just that. No, but I but, mean, let, but let's, I just, mean, let's just simple, put it simply. The FBI just served subpoenas on 40-plus Trump uh, 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 supporters. Mm -hmm. Steve Bannon's been charged. Letitia James couldn't even get criminal charges on Trump. Is now filing a civil suit against them. The, the power of the federal government is being used against Trump supporters to the extent that the president would go on TV and say half the country are an extremist threat and then someone would run over and yeah. kill a kid. Bro, so I'm telling you. So, no, I, like I, I'm, I'm totally with you. That speech, that speech was inappropriate. I, I do want to just go back to the like, I have a much more optimistic view of the world than you do. Um, but what's what's pessimistic about what I'm saying? Because I, I think like with this book, right, I, I 100% think that there are pe bad people out there that want to, you know, get their worldview across. I think most people, you know, wh whether it's this book or other books, I think most people are trying to be empathetic to kids that might be different, whether, you know, they're, they're gay or they're bisexual or they're figuring it out or whatever. And I think, I think that this generation is very empathetic compared to my generation. When I grew up, you know, like if somebody was gay, they got made fun of. If somebody yeah, was yeah, even yeah, a femme. But what does that no, no, do? I, I, I do, I, I do, I do want to, I, I want to finish the thought, right? And so it's entirely possible people are looking at this and, and, you know, most people are bad at their jobs, right? Like, I mean, at best, most people are average. And so like, they might've looked at this and said like, you know, oh, this is one of the school books that, that's out there, not read it, not looked at the material and thought, hey, this is an empathetic book. Like, I'm not saying that that's the case. I don't know. But I, I just do not believe that there is like a universal group of people that are trying to show kids pornography. I think that in general terms, people are trying to say like, hey, you know what? Maybe like 
you know, when we were younger, we did not treat people that were different well, and we would like to, and maybe they're not doing their job well. They're not looking at, they're not yeah. doing their homework. They're not making sure that it's age appropriate yeah. content. We should always be, you know, respectful of, of other people and their differences, of course, obviously, but what are the consequences of these actions in our schools? What are the consequences of what's happening in Canada right now where these policies have led to children being taken away from their parents because their parents aren't transitioning their children? And and, and I mm -hmm. can't, we have to be careful what we say here. How is it empathetic where in Canada right now, parents are having their children taken away from them because they don't transition them? That's not yeah, empathy. Yeah, yeah, that and that's a different situation. And like I'm sure, but you, that's what it led to. I, I, un yeah. I understand. Yeah. Well, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. But I mean, uh, it, 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 here's here's just another important factor. Like perhaps you're correct. Perhaps there are a lot of people who don't know what they're putting in front of children mm -hmm. and don't care enough to actually do it. I don't see how that's empathy. I don't see how it's empathy to be like, sure, do the book, whatever. I don't know what's in it. Empathy would be like, let's keep our kids safe yeah. and happy. No, no, I'm saying empathy How is, is a double is mastectomy on a 13-year-old girl empathy? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. So why are there people actively defending that and calling Matt Walsh an extremist for saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't do that? Like, listen, my point here is, it doesn't matter what, what, whether you agree with it or don't, this, the, 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 the concept of sterilizing a child or permanently removing the breast tissue of a 13, 14, or 15-year-old girl is considered an atrocity. We used to consider female, female genital, <laughs> we used to have huge stories about female genital mutilation being wrong. Now you have universities actively promoting it. So if you can consider that a conservative did not leave that space and Vanderbilt University is saying there are instances where we will mutilate the chests or secondary sexual characteristics or mm -hmm. give, give other uh, puberty blockers and chemicals that aren't approved for this to children. We're in the territory now where there's a group of people, for whatever reason, doesn't matter, are advocating atrocities against children. Yes. Yeah, so so I, I'm with, I think you always are going to have a problem with extreme capitalism. And what I mean by that are, you know, there are people that are willing to make money doing anything. And so, you know, when you again, I, I'm not educated on the story, so I want to be very careful with what I say here. But, you know, if if that is the case, if if there is a organization that is excited about making a ton of money, you know, providing those services, that's obviously a problem. That's not medical care. That is malintent. Um, I also agree with you. Like, as I said earlier, you know, I don't think children should be making these decisions. I, you know, I certainly don't think unless there's abuse from the parent or something, if it's a situation where the parent is, you know, ridiculing the kid or something because the kid is trans or, you know, believes that, you know, he or she is trans, then I, I think that is a different problem. So, like, I think you have to look at every case individually. If there are bad people involved, that's one thing. Now, if it's just, a, you know, a, a parent that doesn't think that it's appropriate, uh, you know, I think that is a that is a much different situation. Are you okay with the drag queen story time and the videos that are coming out showing, you know, it's not going to lick itself. Yeah. And, and you know, people stripping in front of children and children giving them dollars. Or children bills. stripping. How about I, the children strippers? I am, I am not okay with anything sexual being provided to children. That, well, that be, I, I want, no, but I, I want to be clear because there's so many, like if, if there is a trans teacher I don't, I have no problem with that. If it is a sexualized situation, like a show, I do have a problem with that. What about that? that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's like, that's a ridiculous situation. But this is protected, this is, so this is in Canada, 
just so you know. Yep. Uh, which is not the same, but uh, under the same le- legal language. Yep. This is no, a protected I, I human right. Yeah, I understand. Now, no, look, I don't, I don't care to get in. Like, I, I don't want to go overboard with just talking about the kids and stuff. I think there's better examples. Uh, are you familiar with the story of the Bundys, the Bundy Ranch and all that stuff? And yes. The Bureau of Land Management? Yes. Uh, so what we saw there, you had people armed with rifles on bridges pointing mm-hmm. them, let's just say, in the direction of federal agents. Yep. And that was what? That was what, seven, eight years ago? Or maybe even longer. That was almost. longer. That was eight longer. or nine years ago. So when you see things like that, we know it's possible. And then my issue is Kyle Rittenhouse, in his own, in his own town, uh, goes out, provides medical assistance, and is armed. Someone threatens to kill him several times. He runs. Someone fires a gun in the air. Rittenhouse mm-hmm. turns around. The guy then lunges for his gun and nearly grabs it. Rittenhouse fires, clearly in self-defense, as, as the jury found. And then he flees to go to the police. He's attacked. Hit with a skateboard, knocked over. A man with, a, yep. with a, I think, Glock tries to shoot him. Kyle Rittenhouse goes to jail for 80-some-odd days, I believe. He's vilified in the press. He's called a white supremacist. They lie in every, every step of the way, yep. demonizing him. And they still do it to this day, and now they're still going after him. This guy uh, in North Dakota ran over a teenager, killing him. He's out on bond. Like that, no media coverage, no question. In the summer of love, in May of 2020, Black Lives Matter and Antifa ransacked almost every city in this country. I mean, it's insane. You get Michael Tracy's reporting, small towns you never heard of had rioting. Several dozen are dead. Kamala Harris provides, uh, she fundraises to get these people out of jail. Joe Biden's staff personally pay to get people out of jail. And then you have the 529 insurrection. When far-left extremists tore down the barricades in front of the White House, set fire to St. John's Church, set fire to the guard post in front of the White House, and forced the president in the, into a bunker. Now, why wasn't that story, which was, I believe, that was, what, two, that was two years ago, why wasn't that an insurrection? Why isn't that story like, maybe when, you know, a few thousand far-left extremists set fire to a church and tried to firebomb the White House and the president's forced in a bunker— Maybe the ideology has reached a point where we're on the we're, we're getting dangerously close to sure. a civil war. Now here's now here's here's the kicker. Years ago, people kept saying, like you said to me, now the federal government would never allow it, but the federal government is clearly split between these exact factions. Stephen Friend and um, this other what was Kyle Serafin, Serafin, mm-hmm. FBI agents blowing the whistle, calling out the actions, the corruption, and the political bias in the in in the DOJ, and then you actually have the FBI uh, be, that's being called out acting at the behest of Democrats towards political ends. So maybe it's just a bunch of wild, crazy extremists fighting each other in the street. Aaron Danielson getting shot twice in the chest. Uh, far left extremists firebombing churches and, you know, pregnancy centers all over the country. Oh, actually, they're in the DOJ and they're using the power of the federal government. And then when that doesn't work, you get the AG in New York filing, try, attempting to file charges against Trump. When that doesn't work, they go after a civil suit. What we're experiencing is not just cold civil war, it's fifth generational civil war. The fact that YouTube two weeks ago announced they're going to be suppressing information they deem borderline is election manipulation. The fact that the FBI said they, they the whistleblowers pointed out they were instructed not to investigate Hunter Biden's laptop. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe there won't be a civil war. And only because a revolution is taking place and extremists are taking over the government and nothing's being done. There was a, there was a lot, a lot in that statement. Um, I will start, I'll start with the part that I, I 100% agree with. I think that we're at a situation now where big tech has too much power. Um, and, uh, you know, I can't give you the clean answer to what should happen there. But I think that the second that, that you are editorializing social media, there is a, there is a problem. Um, and 
you know, I mean, look, I, I'm fine with, I'm fine with very hard, you know, like, Hey, I, I don't, I don't want like Nazi propaganda on any of these things. I don't want, you know, like the, like those viewpoints, um, out there because I think, I think that's problematic, but outside of that, you know, what about communist viewpoints? Yeah. I mean, I mean like communists are great at killing people. They're better. Yes. They're better than, they're better than anybody. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> but do we treat them the same way? Yeah. It's, you know, it's a valid question, right? Um, I, I think that, I think people need to be able to, like, I, I would much rather have more voices out there and more of those voices are voices that I hate and despise and think are the worst people on planet earth than have a giant corporation decide who is good and who is bad. Because even if you're a good person, like even let's just, let's just assume that Facebook is trying to do the right thing for a second. Their opinions are not going to be your opinions are not going to be my opinions. And so now what we have is we have a group of people that are all essentially from California that grew up with a certain viewpoint um, that are deciding what is appropriate speech. Now, I 100% understand that these are private companies and they're, you know, they are not um, regulated by the First Amendment. That being said, you know, when they essentially control everyone's voice, I mean, like if you if you take Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google, I mean, that is a huge chunk of the Internet. And so we know now that the federal government has been working directly with big tech to censor their political rights. Yeah, yep. And I, you know, the, the Facebook thing was, I'm not going to say it was shocking because, uh, you know, the, the last, you know, year and a half of working around government, I, I definitely, any dream I had that, that our government was the West Wing is gone. <laughs> yeah. No. Nope. Uh, well, but, I, I, I just think that, um, you know, it was like four years ago. Yeah. When I was I was reading an article that said civil war is is likely. They, they they I can't remember who it was. I think it was the Atlantic. They interviewed a bunch of security experts, and it said that uh, it was like thirty to seventy percent chance of a civil war in the next decade. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. And then what I ended up hearing from all these conservative pundits was that it would never happen because the federal government wouldn't allow it. Well, lo and behold, the federal government has completely bifurcated at this point with whistleblowers coming out accusing the DOJ of corruption, 20 plus, and the DOJ itself overtly engaging in partisan political activities. I do think, and, and you know, this is one of your things, the, the uniparty, right? I think when it comes to certain things, the, the uniparty reigns supreme. I don't think it's in either major political party's best interest to allow a civil war. And so I think that that is an instance where you would have solidarity. How would they stop a civil war? I mean, you know, by force through economic means, there, there's a yeah, lot of so, tools. But, but, but so let's break that down. Force. How would that apply? How would, how would you stop a civil war by force? I mean, you'd use the military, you'd use police. What, what, you'd and use, what would they do specifically? I think it depends on the situation, right? At first it would be quelling riots, but, you know, I think. What, if, what, what happens in, uh, in riots when the police intervene? People die. The riots get worse. Yeah, yeah. So, uh. My 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 uh, fears are that what might end up happening first is that two guys, yeah, in a small town in Nebraska, mm -hmm. seeing what's going on, just walk up and put up a checkpoint. That's yep. it. And then someone calls and complains, but it's a it's a jurisdictional issue. It's a state level. Feds have no authority to intervene at all. Mm -hmm. One one by one, you start seeing more instances like what happened with the Bundy with the Bundys and the Bureau of Land Management. Yep. More and more people in more rural areas start saying no. 
but it's always an internal issue and the feds have no authority. So the federal government actually can't intervene when it yep. comes to states' issues. Well, also the DOJ has been politicized. The military could be politicized as well. And many times when there's historical global civil conflicts internally, it's the military fighting other military forces. Sure. You know, society is bifurcated. But but I'm curious on that point, how the United States would stop a, a, a you know civil conflict or civil unrest, especially with its history in Vietnam. And let's not kid ourselves also afghanistan yep. where, where they have failed tremendously when it came to fighting the taliban which is now only that much stronger and better well equipped after trillions of dollars and 19 years of of our soldiers going over there plus uh morale is at an all-time low yeah. recruitment levels are at record lows so if they can't even stop guys with flip-flops how are they going to stop guys I, you know I, here in the united states again like i mean you there's a jump that I think you guys are making. And uh, listen, uh, you're all smart people. I'm not, I'm not coming at anybody. I just think there is a huge jump between intermittent violence, you know, that is being largely, I think, uh, pushed by media personalities because it's a hot button topic. Everybody wants to talk about civil war. Uh, I think just, you know, constantly having this conversation is even problematic because the crazy people start believing that this has to happen. Um, I do not think most Americans have the stomach or desire for it. I think fundamentally like, but you're right. And I, I think because of that reason, I do not think we will have, you know, a, a, I don't want to say real, but a, a real civil war. How I don't, the, I don't think Syrian civil war start. I mean, it's, it's always balkanization of people. But it's always, it's always a balkanization of, a, you know, oppressed minority, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 but, but this is, this is important. Yeah. Do you know how the Syrian civil war started? Well, I mean, the Arab spring obviously starts yep. with yep. Tunisia. Yep. Um, what was the guy's name? Was it, um, uh, it was a fruit vendor. It wasn't Mohammed was easy. Was it? I, that sounds very familiar. He might've been a journalist guy. So in Syria, you ended up with, uh, following the suit of the Arab spring, a bunch of street protests, at least as it was reported, because mm -hmm. I don't trust the, the U.S. reporting apparatus in this regard, considering the U.S. wanted to remove Bashar al-Assad, sure. the government started shooting at uh, protesters. Mm -hmm. When the government tried quelling the unrest, it became a civil war. So if we started getting widespread rioting and protests on a greater scale, well, it's entirely possible, considering the size of the United yeah. States, if the government did try to intervene, it would actually be, what the, catal it would be, it would be the catalyst for the civil war like it was in Syria. I think the problem Americans have is that they think, for one, like you keep saying, Americans don't want war. Of course they don't. No one ever did. No one in any of these countries ever wanted war. But small political factions started one, and then people's had their, had their homes blown up. 90 plus percent of people just flee, and mm -hmm. then the country crumbles. So what I see as being a terrifying possibility is hyperpolarization happened. Because of COVID and because of the, hyper, uh, the, the social and political polarization, we're now seeing geographical polarization. For one, we left, I left New York to South Jersey, left South Jersey to West Virginia. We're seeing a lot of that, people fleeing to Texas. What's happening there is that red areas are becoming redder, blue areas are becoming bluer. And this has actually been happening for 30 sure. or 40 yep, years. For sure. The geographical uh, alignment for a civil war has been occurring for decades now. Now you add on hyper-tribalization with the president actually saying 74 million people are an extremist threat. The powder keg's been primed and ready to go. I mean, you can't look like a president coming on TV and giving an address and they're cheering for it. These, these, these progressive and liberal personalities are celebrating saying good. And they're calling for the weaponization of the government, of, the, of law enforcement to go after their political rivals. Meanwhile, 
the, the, the equivalent crimes committed by their faction go unanswered. And un I mean, we're sitting on the edge of something. You can call it whatever you want. But the, the, the fear I have, there's an article written by The Bulwark. And I certainly don't agree with these guys. But they wrote that it could even be as soon as November 2022. Now, part of me wants to have uh, optimism bias and say it's not possible or a normalcy bias. It just couldn't happen. It could never happen. But their argument is that don't you think that all of these Trump supporters and Republicans, I believe it's two thirds of Republicans who believe the election was stolen. Don't you think they're going to go out to these polling locations and they're going to be surrounding them to, to certain degrees, just watching, making sure nothing bad happens? And don't you think Antifa will also in, in kind show up to protest? Won't that lead to fighting at polling stations? What happens if one fight happens at one polling station and they're forced to shut it down and then a large faction of people aren't able to vote? What happens then when a court challenge escalates and they say the vote is illegitimate because we weren't actually able to vote? And the court says, we don't have a full tabulation because a whole county of 400,000 people didn't vote. What, what, if, what if that happens? And those are, that's seemingly reasonable. That's in line with people saying, oh, we know the Proud Boys and Antifa fight. Okay, what if they fight at a polling place in, in November? Like you could end up with even five polling locations shutting down and lawsuits just halting everything and then us getting no real clear answer on the election. That's the, that's the bulwarks statement. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you can game any scenario. And, uh, you know, I think, are, are those things possible? Absolutely. I just think that there are a lot of people in press that are profiting by talking about this stuff. And I don't think it's as uh, widespread as, you know, the articles and social media would have you believe. Like, I do not think that this is where we're at right now. I think that politicians are incredibly disappointing right now across the board. I don't think anybody right now has a vision of the future. I don't think anybody's trying to say, this is where I want to take America. This is how we get better. This is how, you know, we, we kind of rise above it. I think that the easiest thing for everybody to do is to just yeah. tell, you know, talk about how the other organization is terrible. I agree with you that there is an element of sensationalism to some media coverage, but I disagree with you that this topic is problematic. I think this topic is important because I think it's it's a big problem. And if you ignore a problem, it only festers and grows. I, I and I think there is a big problem between yeah, the left and the right and, and Americans that are being divided and conquered. I'm not saying I'm not saying that it should be ignored, but it's to the point where it's almost like civil war porn now. Like everybody, do you know how many times I've now seen like, this is what could happen. These are the things that might kick it off. Like everyone's talking about it in a way, almost with excitement. You know, it's great for clicks. It's great for, uh, you know, sensationalism. It's a great headline. But think about the logic there for a second. No, I, listen, the logic's there. Like, again, there, there's no, no, a lot. No, 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 no. What I mean is uh, earlier today, uh, I couldn't, this is a true story. Earlier today, I went to go pick up eggs because we have the chickens. I got to grab the yep, eggs. Yep. And, uh, you know, when I came back to get back to work, I couldn't help but uh, notice the smell of crap. And then I'm like, oh, that's weird. So what do you know what I did? I looked at my shoe. Sure enough, there it was on my boot. That's why that's why it was my, on my shoe. That's why I smelled it. Maybe the reason you're seeing so much pop up about it is because something's happening. Now, you listen, you, it's, you might it's, say, it's possible. I listen, think, I'll, I'll tell possible. you what I think. Yeah. I think you have what's called a normalcy bias. And you know what that means. I do. You're saying all of these people are doing it because it's good clicks and it makes them money. Maybe the reality is that's just your normalcy bias. Certainly, we couldn't actually be facing a civil war. The feds Cer wouldn't allow certain, it. Certainly possible. So the possible. only reason they're doing it is because it makes them money. Or there's the other that people have been fighting each other in the street for years now. 
the uh, the elections have been completely contentious. 2016, they claimed the Russians were involved and they tried up holding up the electors. 2020, same thing, except that culminated in January 6th, which was absolutely insane. Now you're actually to the point where the president is going on TV and demonizing half the country. And then two weeks later, a guy murders a kid. It's like, you know, Andy No gets 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 just brutally beaten covering a protest. You you can you can see the arrest, uh, the the trial of Alex Jones. You can see it in any any thing seemingly apolitical, and there is a political lens focused on it. You can see it in the Ukraine Ukraine Gate scandal. Donald Trump uncovered corruption rather accidentally, so they impeached him for it. Joe Biden actually flies his son on Air Force Two to China for private equity deals. Nothing happens. There, there clearly is two distinct realities. Doesn't matter who you support or otherwise, but this is literally happening. I think the reason you're seeing so much about it, MSNBC, they, 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 I don't think it's an issue of sensationalism for MSNBC to come out and say this because they're four years late to the party. The stuff they're talking about with violence in the street was happening in 2016 and 2017. They're six years late to the party. Only now they're talking about it. Yo, I watch people get the crap beaten out of them. I watch people make makeshift explosives and throw them in Berkeley. This stuff's been escalating dramatically. And now we're to the point, I remember telling people, they kept, they keep saying nothing's happening. It won't happen. Then a dude shows up in Tacoma with a ghost gun and firebombs and tries firebombing an ice facility. And they're like, that's one crazy guy. Then you get a dude walking up to another dude, Aaron Danielson in Portland, seemingly seeking out a conservative. And then you hear, we got one, we got something like that. And then he shoots him twice in the chest, killing him. This guy had a communist tattoo on his neck. If you're going to look at all of these things that are happening, the grains of sand being being added, culminating with the boulder of the president demonizing half the country and then a murder following it, I just feel like you're choosing to ignore it. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, I'm not choosing to ignore it. I think all of these things are problematic. I just think if you look over the history of our country, we've had violence, we've had protests, we've had, you know, all kinds of issues and we've been able to get through it. And I, I just am a, a more of an optimist about the American people. I do not think that we are going to have open civil war. I think that we are, I think we have a few more years of very contentious political situation. I think we will have more violence. I do agree with you there. But, you know, when you're talking about civil war, when you're talking about the end of the union, I don't think we're there. And well, I, who said I the end of the union? Well, I mean. The civil war didn't end the union. It preserved fair, it. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. And, and, I, and I don't agree with the idea that it's pessimistic or optimistic to, uh, uh, to say that something is happening. Perhaps it's pessimistic if you were to say it's all going to crumble down and, be, and, and that's it. It's over. I think something bad is going to happen, but the end result will be something, you know, always something positive. I think it's more realistic for, versus, 
I don't know. It's not idealistic. Well, I, I think there also should be a concerted effort to try to stop this divide. I think there should be an effort to try I, to stop this civil I conflict. Agree, I agree with And when you, you look at the corporate yeah. media's coverage, it is amping it up. It, it is it, saying, it, we need it. That They're going to attack us. These people are going to come into your bedroom yep. and you're sleeping. And you see this kind of this kind of bombastic language from the corporate media. Yep. And, and, and independent media has been saying, hey, 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 let, let's, let's try to stop this madness. People are just screaming. There's a lot of insane people that are getting on 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 you know the microphones getting on the major communication highways but sadly big tech social media also elevates those voices big tech social media that of course has connections to of course the intelligence agencies that of course the works on the behests of the federal government censors voices and and ups voices that of course uh they want to promote and let's be honest from from the last few years they have been promoting drama they have been promoting infighting they have been promoting the most toxic voices that get the most amount of attention that get the most amount of clicks some people say that's that's because of monetary incentives some people say that's because of a larger agenda i think that's an agenda that deserves to be called out no matter what the uh real reason for it is but they're censoring the right side of the culture war and promoting the left side regardless of whether it's you know on the right you could you could make a joke about something on tv that was violent and they'll ban you for pushing violence the left we see on twitter they actually post addresses to organize to engage in violence and they get away with it but I'll throw it back to 2019 when I was on uh, the Joe Rogan experience with the Twitter people. And I said outright, if you keep doing this, it's going to result in something you know serious as violence and chaos. And uh, they did keep doing it. They still keep doing it. Facebook's now been exposed working with the government to do it. And what's happened? Everything's gotten substantially worse. January 6th, for instance. Like, I'm not saying January 6th was an insurrection. I think it was a riot. But it was a riot at the Capitol. That's why it was so bad. I think the violent people should be charged for it. But to act like that wasn't a significant moment, that is a dramatic escalation. So, you know, I'll put it this way. I've had people who from back in 2018 would tell me I was wrong. Now, you know, they'll, they'll come to me and be like, so I thought you said something, blah, 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 in 2018. And then I go, January 6th. And they go, oh, yeah. Yeah, do you think it ends with January 6th? Do you think all no, those Trump supporters I, no, are just happy? I, I, don't, and- I don't think it ends with January 6th. I do want to say, like, the di- the difference between January 6th and all of the other violence, and, and just to be super clear, I think it's absurd any time that we're like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. This violence was because so-and-so felt this way or that way. Like, no, you don't, you don't get to just destroy property, murder people, beat people up because you're mad. Like, that's, that is not a protest. That is, you know, that is something else. Um, and so, you know, I think in all of those situations, it's appropriate to arrest people and, you know, and press charges and whatever the violent ones. Yes. The violent ones. Exactly. Well, yeah. So here Uh, here we have an issue. But I think the difference with January 6th is it it is literally people trying to change the outcome of an election. And that is that that is the the precipice of a civil war. Again, I, I know what you're saying, but it is a small group of people doing an act. Did that kick off, you know, a, a host of other violence throughout the country? Like, no, it didn't. Did most people say this was a good thing? No, they didn't. You know, and, and so I think that you have to look at that. There's always going to be craziness, you know, and you have, you know. Has the craziness escalated over the past decade? Over the past decade, yes. Is there has. is there any reason to believe that that, that it would stop? <sighs> Yeah, I, I think that people are tired of the direction the country's going. 
I, I think, so, so, I think that so, when you look at, you know, I personally think Trump supporters are going to be like, you know, guys, I don't want to, I don't want to argue anymore. No, I, I don't gonna, think, gonna, I don't think that, but I, I think that. Well, so, so hold on, hold on. Let's, let's try and walk through this. Trump supporters won't say, okay, I'm done with this. Trump supporters are not going to say that they're done with that. Are, are Democrats who hate Trump going to say, we're totally cool with Trump supporters nope. winning elections? No. Nope. Okay, so there's no sign of it slowing down. No, I, I disagree because I think that I think Ron DeSantis is going to win the primary. I think he is more moderate than President Trump. I think he is less aggressive towards people than President Trump. I think people do not want, most people do not want that level of aggression in a president. I think that uh, while the far left kind of applauded Joe Biden's comments, I think most people, including most Democrats, were not super pleased with a red background emperor situation, you know, calling out, you know, you know, however, he called out MAGA. So it's it's not exactly half the country, but it's a, you know, a third, maybe. I don't think four million votes. I don't think that's I don't think that's helpful. You know, I don't think that's good. And I don't think people want that in general. Like, so if, if uh, you know, when, when, when Biden did this, prominent, all the biggest names on social media cheered for it on the left. Sure. Yeah. And all the biggest names on the right condemned it. Yep. My, my question is, if we've seen these but, factions but, growing. But those people more, don't represent America. They represent. Trump gained 12 million new voters from 2016 to 2020. Mm -hmm. His movement expanded dramatically and his endorsement ratio is higher now than it was in 2016, 18 and 20 and, uh, and 2020. He's at what? 92%. So the MAGA Republican side has actually expanded dramatically. Looking at these numbers, looking at the rhetoric. And now the escalation of violence and even statements from the leader of the Democratic Party. Everything has escalated to a, in, in a substantial way, like a snowball rolling down a hill. You could argue, and I think it's fair to say, maybe right now it all just stops. Who do I? What do I know? Maybe the Trump supporters are like, man, we really don't want it. You know what? Keep the child sex changes. Do mail-in voting. We are just going to let you do it. I really see that as completely unlikely. Well, in the inverse, Ron DeSantis. Maybe he can come out and uh, send more people to Martha's Vineyard because we know how, how much they like that. Oh, I'm sorry. They called him Hitler for doing it. They claim that he was a human trafficker now and he must be stopped. They're claiming he's worse than Trump. He's more tactful than Trump. Sure. Maybe they'll just stop and say, you know what? We're totally okay with fascism and the fascists taking over. No, I, I, don't, I don't see why that's probable. So if we're looking at over the past decade, consistent escalation hmm. with the, and I think a lot of it has to do with the millennial generation getting older and gaining more power in government and in corporations. If we've seen escalation and we see no signs of de-escalation, then if you're going to put down your chips and make your bet, it would be on escalation. Okay. So maybe it's possible that from here, we don't go to civil war. Maybe we're still four years out. Maybe it's eight years out. Maybe it's 10 years out. Who knows? Maybe we're just in a precursor phase, but either way, so far, we have seen no signs of this slowing down or reversing in any way. Well, I hope I'm right. I mean, I got to be honest. I hope so, too. <laughs> I hope you're right, too. I, I hope you're absolutely Cause, right. Because I'll yep. tell you this. You know what I want more than anything? Get a lounge. Get, we got a massage chair downstairs. I just want to turn it on, turn the TV on with, you know, maybe like the X Games, maybe some snowboarding, get a big old bucket of chicken wings, and let that be the day. Instead, what we get is... I wake up in the morning and I see a story about crime, murders, sweeping these cities, 200% murder increase in Portland. 
There's a, a crazy video right now. I mean, just after the summer of love, seeing all of these bodegas just destroyed these small businesses, watching these videos there was a, of people randomly stabbing people in the street, all of it is dramatically escalated. Seeing these videos of people open air drug markets in San Francisco, it's not just that it's political violence and escalation. It's that the economy is even you know in crisis. Sure. We're sure. a year delayed on trying to put up a steel frame building. It's just everything I've, I, I've, I've been seeing over the past decade in every way, food prices, inflation. Now we've got the, uh, the sterling, the, the pound has mm -hmm. collapsed to near dollar parity. Yep. The euro's below the dollar. Mm -hmm. You've got war in Eastern Europe. Russia's yep. conscripting. Russia's threatening nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. China's firing missiles over Taiwan. All of these things just keep escalating. I don't, I don't know if, it's a, if I would call it um, in, the law, in the big picture pessimistic to say these things are happening because they're literally happening. And just because you think the probability of such a thing would lead to an escalation of it, I don't think that's pessimistic. I suppose pessimistic would be like, we're all going to die and our lives are ruined. But I'm actually fairly optimistic on all of it. I think bad things are happening, but I think it's going to make us stronger. I think we're going to be okay. I think uh, people will find a way to survive and humans will do what humans do best and adapt and, and keep going. But first, things, things are going <laughs> to, it's just going to hit the fan, family-friendly show here, I think, in some way. And I think there are a lot of ingredients, you know, corporate media, social media, the poor economic outlook. I think all of that, along with the captured institution, signals some major troubles ahead. I hope it gets uh, figured out. I hope it gets better. But there's a lot of fuel being added to this fire. But uh, back to the original point, you know, you were in, in Afghanistan. The United States couldn't stop that conflict. How can they stop a domestic conflict? But 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 well, your experiences I mean, in Afghanistan were also a, probably that's a different situation, yeah. though, right? It's a different situation where, you know, you have a different culture and and you don't. It's not, it's not your world. You're trying to influence someone else versus this is who you are. I I think California already seceded, effectively. I mean, they're, they they they've outright said in over and over again over the past two three decades they won't abide by federal law. They, they use illegal immigration as a means to bolster their census so they can get extra power in the federal government. I believe in the last census uh, they had, in the last decade, they had one extra electoral vote and seat in Congress due to illegal immigrants that they allow in sure. and block the federal government from enforcing the law. So when you're dealing with something like that, I mean, you know what? I'll just say one last thing on it. Texas filed a lawsuit, I think it was against Pennsylvania. I think 46 states signed onto that lawsuit challenging the 2020 election. I mean, that, my friends, is like dramatic Civil War territory. And Clarence Thomas and I think Alito said it is our responsibility to hear cases in the original jurisdiction, which is the Supreme Court for the states. But the other justices said we will not. And so what ends up happening there is the worst possible outcome. The people who said we have, a, we have grievances and we demand a redress of those grievances were told over and over and over again, no. So that just makes desperate people take desperate actions, and that's what's scary. JFK said, those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable. If they, I, I think the fraud narrative is, is just wrong. I think obviously there's questions about certain things that happen. There's always some kind of fraud, but I think Trump lost because the media mobilized people, because COVID mobilized people, because COVID hurt Trump. Trump kept Fauci on, a lot of things like that. But when people come and say, we feel like this is unfair, and it's 74 million voters, almost half the voting block, we say, let's work out what's making you upset and make sure we can come to an, an agreement on how to move forward. Instead, all of the courts simply said, no, we won't do it. 
we won't even hear what you have to say or look at anything you're presenting. Almost all of the court cases that were brought weren't even on fraud. They were on procedure and they were thrown out on standing. So these people didn't get, didn't even get a chance to have someone say your argument is wrong. They outright said, we won't even bother with you. That's the kind of thing that results in January 6th. And then January 6th resulted in people. There are still people who haven't even been charged with the crime who are in solitary confinement. That's the kind of thing that results in people losing their minds. Absolutely. What a Friday. Yeah. yeah. I hope you're all entertained. <laughs> That's very, uh, <laughs> Civil War Fridays. <laughs> yeah, Civil War Fridays. Well, anyway. Well, let's maybe try to focus on the more positive aspects. Yes. How can we prevent from your from your you know intelligence and, and and from your understanding? What are some positive things we could do to try to bridge this gap, bridge this divide? Is there anything even possible uh, that could, that could help the American people see that they have more in common than they don't? Honestly, I, I'm a firm believer that you invest in your community and don't worry about the national media apparatus. Um, and, and I know that sounds very simple, but, you know, I can get online and I can give speeches and I can talk about things and, you know, and people will follow me and some people will hate me and, you know, whatever it is. But that just becomes like the noise of the day online. What I can affect is I can donate my time coaching. I can donate my time to NGOs. I can invest in my family, my children, um, my friends, you know, help people. Um, be part of the community, make the people around me better. I think fundamentally when people focus on those things, life gets better. And when people spend, invest a lot of time arguing online, things do not get better because arguing online gives you the impression that like everything is life or death. Like, you know, we've all been there. Somebody pissed you off online. You end up spending two hours arguing with some idiot on Twitter, uh, you know, and at the end of it, you're like, you're amped and you're, you know, you're frustrated and you're like, well, what did I just do? You know, and you get this impression that like people are your enemy, but they're just bored online. They're aggravated by something you said, whereas. And probably 14 years old. And, po- and possibly 14 <laughs> years old. Um, but, you know, but in person, I, I've literally never had these kinds of aggressive, you know, and I'm in a town where almost everyone disagrees with like my viewpoint, you know, certainly on you know, like the second amendment and and some of the other, the other things. But, um, I've never had these aggressive conversations. The conversations are always reasonable because they're in person. You're looking at somebody, you're reading body language. You, you realize that this person is, you know, is coming from a good place, you know? So if we're, you know, I think in, I think personal investment in your community is the best thing you can do. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel national. It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm changing the world. But the truth is you're going to change the world more doing that than trying to put out some, you know, message to like save the day. I certainly agree with uh, people should be taking care of themselves, their friends, their families, working on themselves, eating right, exercising, and that'll dramatically change their world for the positive. Hey, yeah, we, too many hey, people. We got one. We got one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but it's it's needed to have these conversations. I think you know your perspective, your point of view is important to 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 get into and to, and to talk and to have civil conversations about. And I think the more civil conversations we have, the better. Uh, how do we you know address the problems coming our way? I think you know they're very severe, and they are going to take us being the best versions of ourselves, being the healthiest, uh, the most strongest versions of ourselves. Because again, financially, you know the situation is also getting 
very bleak. A lot of people are going to get very desperate. And the thing that's going to protect people is themselves as individuals and their family The economy is always critical. The economy goes bad. People are unhappy. I mean, just in, in... I'll say I'll say one thing too. You know, earlier in that point when you were saying that you think people are talking about this because it gets clicks, my rebuttal was maybe it's because it's actually happening. But fair point. My perspective could be the broken one. You could be the one who's actually right. The media is just gamifying everything, and I'm seeing you know this hyper focused reality as well. Maybe like what the media is yeah. doing. I'm sure it's a little column A and a little column B. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, the end result is people you know, chilling out. One of the things that we're doing with, uh, with our website, timcast.com is we're, we only have one political show, technically two, but it's like Timcast IRL's conversation and then my morning show and the shows that we're creating outside of this are, you know, Tales from the Inverted World is true crime, mystery, history, mm-hmm. pop culture crisis is pop culture. Uh, Cast Castle vlog is, you know, Ian being crazy and silly and it's just comedy and it's just apolitical because I think that is important. We need to make content that isn't in that space for a variety of reasons. We want to push back against the woke weirdness, yep. but not in a way where we're like making videos where like wokeness is bad. Where yeah, sure. No, we just make shows that are funny that happen to not be woke, or you know, at least not overtly ridiculous. I'm gonna go to the bath. Oh, well, thanks for letting <laughs> us know. <laughs> but but there's still you know a lot of questions like how would you deal with. Uh, a drag queen story time coming to your neighborhood. Would you do anything about it? Would you try to maybe mobilize or, or try to get the word out? Or how would you deal with the situation like that? In like a uh, Again, I think it depends on the situation. Like I, I would want to know exactly what's happening and assess. Like if it's, you know, if it's a just a trans person that is coming in to read, I don't have an issue with that. If it is a sexualized show, then my child will not be there. What, know, a, it, what, what about a stripper? Yeah, definitely not a stripper. But what if they don't strip? They're just like wearing their stripper makeup and yeah, like... Yeah, none of that is Well, that's what drag is. I understand what you're saying, but a lot of these stories online have said drag show and it has not in fact been a drag show. It's well, been, no, no. That's why I'm asking if like yeah. if a stripper showed up but didn't actually remove any clothing, would you be okay with the stripper reading to your kids? No, I... Like, like they're wearing Any like, sexualized, anything sexualized is inappropriate. So like a drag story, I would be inappropriate. If it is actually a drag show, well, like a drag, the drag I, costume I, is like right? they're wearing lingerie, like they usually do. In in that situation, it is inappropriate. So, like, if, if, but if, I, but I, I don't, again, I don't, there are multi. I've seen multiple stories where it's like drag show, and then you look at it, and it's just a trans woman that is reading. And that but they're is not, not drag. Drag people are not people in drag are not trans. I know what you're. I know what you're saying. Like, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but but that is not actually. What, what I'm telling you is that the story headline does not marry to the facts. What, what, what do you mean by that? I'm, like, sa- I'm saying... Like, so drag, so the drag queen story hour, the drag queen comes and reads to kids. Yeah, has not necessarily been a... I do not think that anything sexualized should be involved with so children. no drag queens in front of kids? Nothing sexualized. I just want to... But why can't you just say, I don't understand... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Well, so, so it's like, do you know what drag is? I do. So they get on stage, yes. they take clothes off, and I, they're given tips by the audience. Yes. So stripping is very similar. Yes. Go-go dancing and bikini bars are in states where they don't allow full nudity. Right. The women will get up on stage, take their costume off, yes. and expose underlayers. Yes. yes. None drag, of, drag is the same. None of that is okay. What I'm saying is that what the media has called drag has not necessarily been that, which is why I'm trying to be very specific about my language. I don't know any instance that you're talking about. Like I mean, every, so there's specific events that are called drag queen story hour. And that's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm not a fan. That yeah. is not, that would not be something I would want my kids to be. In. Yeah. 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 Like, well, I, I don't think anyone cares if it's like a trans person, like just reading to kids. People do care. Then that's what sure. I'm saying. That's what I mean, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of people of, uh, you know, there are people who get mad when white teachers are talking about stuff that's not in line with woke values. And sure. there's like the Seattle library created white only spaces and colored only spaces. It was the weirdest thing ever yeah. and deeply offensive. And then, I'm sorry, people of color is what they call it, but I, I feel it's deeply, it's the same level of offense. And then Dearborn, Michigan did the same thing. So, you know, you have that across the board, and I think we all just outright disagree with it. Um, yeah, I think the, the, the problem is the ideologies of the, the disparate culture war factions are so distinct now that there is no middle space that people can occupy. Yeah, and, and at a lot of, a lot of it, times, it is hard. Yeah, I, I've right. seen the opposite problem because I've seen you know media talking about it, but then the actual photos and videos of it are way worse than I could even imagine personally from what I've seen online. But my question was more centered towards the solution aspect. You know, you, when we talk about a community, you wouldn't bring your children there, but would you get involved or try to prevent this from from happening? Or or how can a community safeguard against those kind of bad influences that do? provide sexual content to small children yeah so i you know i haven't been in that position so it's hard for me to answer i i worry like i worry about my children so you know if other parents think it's appropriate for their children then they can make that decision my kids won't will not be involved in something like that and that that's the way i look at it that's a good point too i think the uh one of, one of the challenges with this whole debate over kids and, and this kind of stuff is where people think the government should be intervening in what uh, pe parents are showing to their kids. And so, right, in the Bible, there are things that are considered adult. Sure. But of course, you know, people who are religious want their kids to read the Bible. I think the issue is just parental consent. If, if the parents decide, but there's also got to be limits, I suppose, because I think everybody agrees, like, no school should be handing hustler to, to some kids. Yep. And so where, where is the line on those values is a challenge because, you know, in the book Gender Queer, the right says it's sexually explicit and shouldn't be shown, but the left says, so what? It should be. And that's where they don't agree on the values. But to a conservative, you're basically but, putting porn in front of kids. But do you, do you really think that the left, when you say that, like it gets, it gets very murky, right? I don't think that most Democrats think that, you know, their teenage kids should have a book, in, you know, ha be handed a book in high school that uh, shows blowjobs or sexual Well, activity. these are grade schools. Even worse. I, right, I don't. Right. I don't know anyone. No, you're right. You're like right. I don't know anyone on the left that is like. You're. You're, you're right. And this is why Glenn Youngkin won. When the right. when the parents because of the Zoom school, yeah. the parents started learning the schools were doing this. Yeah. So the the challenge is, they lie about it. So when you so what what do I see from all of my liberal friends is they're saying that uh, the right is banning books, and then I'll sure. say something like, well, no, they're banning sexually explicit materials, and then they'll say, no, you're wrong. Don't care. So you can actually... There's plenty of that. I agree with you. There's plenty of that online. But what do you do when they keep voting for it? Like, I mean, th this is the problem. I agree with you. And I tell people all the time, the one thing you should say to your neighbors when you're talking about politics, if you really want to just say, look, I don't know about any of that Trump stuff. I just think we shouldn't be giving children sex change surgery. 
And they're going to say, overwhelmingly, that never happens. And then my response to them is like, you know, Jazz Jennings has a show, I think on AMC or some other, or, or I don't know what channel it's on. Like, yeah, they, they give kids sex changes. I just, I don't have, I think it's probably wrong. But there are people who just either won't believe it, refuse to listen to evidence. Larry Elder came on the show and said that he had a friend who believed the, uh, the hoax about Donald Trump. I think it was the very fine people hoax. And he said, he pulls up the transcript and says, here, just read it. And the guy says, no. So what do you do? They just say no. They won't do it. Sure. And that's 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 the most common thing. Yeah. But I mean, my experience, you know, because I because I uh, will sit on Facebook and I'll see these memes from all these like Occupy Wall Street people I know, and so I'll just post pictures, and then they'll just delete the comment. You know, they'll say like this that or otherwise happened, and then I'll just post a news story in a picture, and they will delete the comment so no one can see it. And I'm like, okay. And the response that I got was that I'm breaking consensus reality huh. because that's more important. And that was just one person who told me that, but I think that exemplifies it. I think there's people who just want I, everyone to fit in. Yeah, I think it's always good that, that you, you know, one of the things that I respect about you is that you push back. I don't, I don't always agree with you, but I think it's, I think that you structure your thoughts the right way and that you come at things um, with the intention of coming to the truth, you know. Now, we might have different we we might come at it from a different angle and we might disagree on some of the the different pieces but i think that having conversation is incredibly important yeah and i i think it it is harder and harder to have conversation not only because like you and i are having this conversation but i know that as a result of you and i having this conversation i am going to get a whole bunch of people that like me and a whole bunch of people that hate me oh yeah i'm going to get people that hate me just cuz i'm here right just because I, I think, just because I, I came on the show, and that is so different than how I grew up. I think this is a great discussion. You know, uh, as much as I probably talk too much, but having having pushback on the stuff we frequently talk about is one of the most important things we can do. So that, I think that's that's fantastic. Obviously, I think you know the audience listening probably they listen because they probably agree with a lot of what I say. Sure. So they'll probably disagree with you, but sure. a lot of people have been agreeing with you, and some people have been insulting me and stuff like that. I think it's I think it's I think it's all good within reason. I mean, we, we try to keep our criticism to to, to functional, but uh, I thought this, this is a fantastic conversation. Let's go to super chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, be the notification you want to see from YouTube because they're not doing it. And because, uh, what, did I, what did I say? Go, go to TimCast.com, be a member? Sure. All right, let's read. Hexmayer says, It's so great to see Nick on, creator of the greatest zombie movie ever, Range 15. <laughs> Nick would love to hear about your car ride with Alex Soros and Tim Kennedy. <laughs> what was that all about? Uh, which, like George which, which one? Yeah. Alex yeah. Soros and Tim Kennedy. All right, so this is, this is one of the wildest things that has happened to me. So... Tim and I got back. Uh, we left. We left Afghanistan to uh, to UAE, and then from UAE we had to move um, three hundred people that were being hosted by a nonprofit. And all of this had been coordinated with State Department and uh, the Albanian government and this NGO. And so Tim and I. Um, are going to bring these 300 people to Albania. So we leave UAE on a plane full of, uh, full of Afghans and, you know, we land, you know, it's like 2 AM and like all this press is there. There's all these people. And, um, you know, we're going to, we're supposed to be, uh, meeting everybody at the resort where all of these Afghans were housed the next day. 
And so we get there and it's amazing. Afghan, like it, it, the, the, the hap, one of the happiest moments of my life are like, you know, some of these kids that were literally like laying on the tarmac that's life's had lives had just been in, in jeopardy. And the next time I see them, they are playing tag and they're drawing pictures and like, like literally tears in my eyes. And then this woman who we had been kind of, you know, uh, speaking with was like, Hey, you know, um, Alex wants to meet you guys. Like, you know, he wants to, and I have no idea who we're talking about, just like her boss, Alex. And so, you know, this limo pulls up and, and we're, we're going to go get lunch with Alex. And, you know, so Tim and I get in the car and there's two bodyguards in there and there's this dude. Um, and we're sitting there and, you know, we're talking to him. He's perfectly nice. And, um, Tim just leans over and he goes, I think, I think this is Alex Soros. And I was like, oh bro, I, I think it is Alex Soros. Right? How old is he? He's like our age. Oh, well, wow. I say our age, I'm, I'm older, but, uh, you know, he's, how old are you? I'm 45. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you are older. I'm older. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, but yeah, he's thirties, forties, you know, yeah. uh, probably like 38, my guess. You want to look it up? See how close I am. I say 38. That's my guess. Well then I'm 36. <laughs> so our age is yeah, close. Yeah. So, um, so then Kennedy goes, he just, he, he does this look, he looks around, looks at both the security guards and he just goes, Hey man, uh, Nick and I could totally kill you if we wanted to. No, he does. He does. He goes, he's like, uh, and, and he goes like, that guy's the only guy in the car with a gun and I'm going to grab him. And while I'm grabbing him, Nick's definitely taking out the other guy. And then it's me and Nick against you. And Alex go to his credit, like stone faced. He goes, Tim are you going to kill me? He's like, <laughs> and he, and Tim's like, no, of course not. Like, like, you know, you're very nice and you're doing a great thing for these Afghans. He's like, good. But then his other security guard, this English guy is like, I told you we needed more security. <laughs> <laughs> I, I take it more as of him giving a warning to him. Like you need more security. That, that's what it was. It right. was, it was all in good. Nobody actually, like he wasn't threatening anybody. Wow. Was, that's it, a crazy story. But it was, <laughs> it was like, we got in this vehicle and we just, we had no idea, man. We had no idea. And that was like, shh, like, you know, that's great. He, he's 36. I was in the ballpark. He, 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 should, he should come on the show. It'd be great to talk to him. Hey, I'll tell you what, like, okay. you know, he was great. I'll just say he was great. And he was they, very generous to the Afghans. I'll say that. Yeah. I always think it's important to give people credit when they do things that are good. That 100%. Have, you know, yeah. positive outcome. Even 100%. if like, you know, I'll give AOC credit when she called out the police on January 6th for opening the doors and all that stuff. I'm like, she's right. Let's get an investigation. I want to yep. know what happened with yep. that. Because that means there may be some innocent people in jail. I mean, some people who should be aren't. All right, we got Catherine Gillen says, in the UK, the TCs have changed our bank uh, have changed our bank accounts. Quote, if there is an unstable economy that affects the banking markets, we will limit your funds, and if you have too much money in your account, we will charge you. Whoa! Oof! Wow! Can so someone look that up to see if the the reporting on that? Yeah, it's all you. Yeah, I'd, I'd love know, to see how, if how would I? What's it? Uh, okay. bank bank limits UK war or something? I don't know, because the pound was collapsing. This seems you know. Yeah, man. Sam says, my brother was in Afghanistan during the surrender at Bagram. He said it was like they woke up that morning and made the decision totally unplanned. Yeah, that's crazy. Is, is that sound like that? That's what you've heard? that's consistent with everything I've heard is it was a huge surprise. They didn't even tell the Afghans that they were leaving. They just right. left in the middle of the night. And then they looted the, the, the base. It's crazy. 
Trash Panda says, Nick, love your few cartoons, especially the gun control one. Oh, yeah. My drill sergeant showed my platoon in basic down at Fort Benning. Hope it's, ho- hope is not a plan. Uh, so a while ago, I had a animated cartoon called The Damn Few. When I was, oh, okay. when, That's I, what it said. when I was still running, when weapons. I was still running Ranger up, uh, and, uh, it's like, uh, it started off like two minute videos. And then by the end we were doing full, like 30 minute episodic animations. So that was a lot of fun. Right on. Catherine Gillen uh, adds more as London has a big hand in the world's financial markets with LIBOR. This is really bothering me as it looks like they might try to freeze our bank accounts. They have already done this in Greece before everyone check mm-hmm. your bank's terms and conditions. Oh, that's what she was saying. TC's, um, you know, Catherine, I really do appreciate the British pounds you've sent. It's just, you know, the values drop so much. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I actually was in Greece when uh, they, they prevented people from taking money out of, out of their own accounts. And there was just massive riots. Yeah, I saw so much violence in the streets there. And it, and it happens a lot. It happens in so many different places around the world. Um, I was there on the ground reporting in Zimbabwe as well. It happened recently in China. They just sent tanks on the streets there because people can't get their money out of their bank, bank accounts. In Lebanon, people are, are literally going to the mm-hmm. banks with, with guns, holding yeah. the, 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 the gun. No, she had a fake gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they, they don't want the bank's money. They want their own money. And yeah. the banks are saying, we're not going to give it to you. There, there was a famous guy who had to pay for his father's surgery couldn't pay for it literally got a gun became a national case and those cases are becoming more common all over the world this is why you know the first thing i did when um you know after the end of the year comes in profits roll in is i took two hundred fifty thousand dollars and lined the inside of a banana stand that i have (laughs) oh yeah that sounds familiar like there's always money in the banana stand yeah just in case because you know there's always money in the banana stand i'll tell you what the more you i mean you know this you've traveled overseas a lot like when when i travel overseas i i travel with a lot of cash because you just like you don't know like you know in like ukraine the right amount too much is bad you can't go over two thousand dollars right or ten thousand dollars ten thousand i heard they limited that recently ten thousand without paying taxes taxes on it because then they Um, think you're doing some kind of business but like in ukraine you know um it's hard to get cash very hard to get cash yeah yeah yeah. people are using bitcoin so we you know we travel with a bunch of American cash every time wow. that were that were over there. Yeah, I remember when I was in uh, when I was covering news in Kiev, and uh, we had a bunch of British pounds and dollars, and we were paying people with British pounds and mm-hmm. dollars, and they were just like shocked because the exchange rate's nuts. Like people yeah. there get the equivalent of a couple hundred bucks a month for their salaries. Yep. And then here we come in these like you know Westerners covering news. This was back in 2014. Yeah. And we were just like to us it was normal to be like oh here grab some food hand them 20 bucks and they going oh. Like, you don't need that much. Yeah. But thank you. And we're like, yeah. okay, like, you know, hey, it's cool, man. I remember landing in India during their currency reset. Utter oh, chaos. All the money was just devalued right away. Yeah, just, I yep. was just like, I was in, uh, me. I was in the, the former Soviet Union right after the collapse of communism. Uh, as Whoa. Part, yeah. As, as part of the, uh, the Eisenhower program. So I was like 16, 17 and uh, spent a few months in in uh, Russia and at the time um, you know only a few years prior it was close to one to one and uh, it was like a thousand rubles to the dollar and I was like a rich high school kid I was like this is amazing you know Uh, came back with all kinds of like art and stuff that I never would have been able to afford Tetris Tetris Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) all right Lou Sassel says Nick thank you for everything you've done recently watched send me and it was amazing slash heartbreaking 
truly opens your eyes to what happened. Screw that colonel. Now excuse me while I go watch Range 15. <laughs> Gene Vand Vandenham could have saved Afghanistan. He could have. He could right have. On. So send send me is the documentary about Afghanistan. S send me is the documentary. So when I uh, when I went over there, when we all went over there, I I threw a, a Canon C70 in my backpack, <laughs> and uh, bless you, and you know um, filmed you know uh, what was going on, and then you know when we got back to UAE, did some interviews, and then spent you know over the last year, I've interviewed everybody again that was there, and we put together a documentary that kind of told. The real story of how bad it was because the u.s media you know kind of made it seem like you know oh the taliban are working with americans and everything's fine you know or meanwhile like on the ground you know people are the taliban are you know shooting people anytime any anything got people got riled up they would just you know fire an ak into the crowd wow. um you know one of my friends you know was uh trying to get this woman out you know she wasn't this wasn't part of our group part of a different group um and uh they they murdered her right on the hood of the car there was nothing they could do about it um you know just like i mean really horrible stuff was happening and you know nobody nobody stateside was really telling that story it was just like oh this is a peaceful you know and they they were they were not attacking Americans, but they were certainly attacking Afghans. And so um, we just tried to tell the honest story of, of kind of what happened and what it was like. And we thought it was important that the American people see it. Um, where, can they, where can they find it? It's on Amazon Prime. And, um, you know, any funds that come into it get donated to uh, the organization that, uh, you know, Tim Kennedy, Chad Robichaud, Sarah Verardo, and I founded called Save Our Allies. Now, is that... All proceeds or just profits? No, literally all of it. So there's there's no like cost. It's just like if someone spends twenty bucks in the video, that twenty bucks goes right to the charity. Yes. Well, I mean, like whatever Amazon takes, but right, like, right, right, right. But all revenue goes like we set up an LLC. All revenue goes to that LLC, and then you know, essentially, like uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll have to pay like an accountant. But other right. than that, like we are not taking anything from it, not even to like recoup costs or anything. Cool. Why did you not make a charity? Why an LLC? Um, so just any time that you make, uh, like a movie, you want it to be its own LLC, just like there's, you know, this, I think yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, like it, it, they, they want us every song to be its own company. That's mm -hmm. it, just crazy. Potential lawsuits, potential problems, but you know, like in, when you're, when it's a, when it's an NGO, there's, there's so many more rules about a four, a 501c3, the things you have to do. So this way it's just like, hey, like whatever money comes into that thing, we just cut a check over. Oh, to, an, to a nonprofit. To, uh, I got you. to specifically to save our allies, which is, you know, in the wake of Afghanistan, um, you know, a, a good chunk of the people that were part of that, that evacuation stood up this 501c3 you know, to continue doing that work. And so, you know, and that work has gotten more and more frustrating because it's harder and harder to, to move Afghans. Um, but, you know, so we're still helping Afghans. And then we also have a, a, another uh, part of the organization that is doing work in Ukraine. All right. Steve Cohen says, saw Luke in that HBO documentary, The Anarchist. Felt like they may try to drag you guys soon with that. Why was it bad depiction? There's nothing really to drag. I, I, Did they show you like doing drugs? No, <laughs> no, no. Ayahuasca? No, no, no. Looks like seeing space 
demons. No, 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 no. that, no, that. It was All an right. interesting uh, a series, to say the least. But uh, is it a series? Yeah, yeah. The depiction wasn't, uh, you know, as as honest as I thought it should be. But whatever. All right. Eleven Bravo NRD says for Nick with inflation going on, does my Ranger up five year challenge coin only get me an eight ounce <laughs> beer instead of the full twelve ounce beer? Baker Boys one through fifteen. I will have third I, I, idea. I will buy the full twelve ounce beer. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh man, taking a loss, but doing doing, it, Do doing it. the right thing. <laughs> All right. Powder PZ says if we were in a sane world, Biden would have been forced to resign by now. But unfortunately, we live in clown world. Yeah, but that just means Kamala Harris be president, right? Is that it? I guess. Well, all right. Grayson (laughs) Hendricks says, you obviously read a lot on history, and you also say it's written by the victor. Given that, how do you determine which books on history to trust? Been a member for about a year. Love the show. Uh, Don't know. You don't. History is written by the victors. You can try and find depictions from other people. So I'm really interested in, uh, you know, I I mentioned this a couple times. I went to Stonewall Jackson's headquarters for when he was uh, running defense for the Shenandoah Valley. And there's a book. There's a book you wrote, and I'm like, I'd like to read it. But that's how you do it, you know? Like, that dude certainly wrote his perspective on the Civil War. You can read his perspective. I mean, yo, Hitler wrote a book. Like, you can yep. read it if you yep. want to, you know? So, but it is true. There's a lot on history that's fake. And when you look at how the media operates today, you know that it's probably faker than you thought. What do you do? No yeah, idea. I wonder if there's that message that smallpox wiped out the native american population 90 percent of it i'm starting to even question that that's what we were told for all i know they went in there with with weapons and killed them all and they were like no disease did it it wasn't us zach McKeel says someone tell nick to bring back bnn or apologize to the plants for wasting the oxygen they worked so hard to make jk probably what is what was bnn so uh for a few years we had this show called the bad news network Mm. and uh basically it was like kind of a comedic look at the news but we covered serious topics like we went in depth on every topic but we did it in a way that was uh manageable so the show was usually 20 to 30 minutes you know we did it once a week and it was like a recap of the big stuff that happened that week um but it it was uh it's it's technically owned by ranger up and so when i sold the controlling share of that like i you know i stopped doing it we're in the process of coming up with a different show so there will be something new soon right on Free Men Die Free says Bluenon has embraced all the pillars of totalitarianism. Civil war will be the end result because it is incompatible to our libertarian foundations. Or, you know, I think one possibility that would potentially avoid war is if we start building up culture. This guy, uh, um, Vivek Ramaswamy, is that his name? That's his name. Investor goes to Disney, says stop getting woke. If these companies actually start rejecting this, then you'll see a lot of these weird occult people break out and be like, oh, I, I never supported that stuff. Or, oh, don't look at me. And that will kind of simmer things down. But that's a, that's a hopefully, you know, don't know for sure what exactly would happen. But I don't know, man. It seems like things have been, been getting crazy. Brewmaster Monk says, forget Yuri Bezmenov. Watch the K. Griggs interview from 1998. Spouse to a chief of staff colonel in the Marines spilling the beans on Epstein-esque blackmail in the highest levels of the military. You ever hear that, Luke? Um, what's the name again? K. Griggs interview. Was that the satanic guy? I have I to know. look into this. All right, take a look in, in, into it. Uh, as Luke is doing that, I will be looking at some of these super chats. Cam Girl Asuna says, "I would say there are legit reasons to see the left and the establishment as enemies. Look at what they are doing to kids. Realize that these things aren't happening to an abstract group of kids, but rather to your kids. I fight to protect my kids' lives." 
Yeah. Well, these are tough times. I've seen this video like 20 years ago. Yeah, what is it? Um, I have to refresh my memory. It was a very long time ago. I have it pulled up on YouTube right now. I'm going to rewatch it, but it's two hours long. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Jeremy B says, damn, Tim is getting us drunk tonight. That's right. Everybody, everybody, you know, I think we said Civil War enough now to where, you know, oof. John Jones says, Tim, I'm a Timcast member and I listen to your shows as a podcast. You really need to have a members link that is ad-free as in the last few months you have gone overboard with in-show adverts. Other podcasts offer ad-free links. We have not changed our ad structures at all. Not a thing has changed. Not a thing has changed. So if more ads are appearing, it might be because YouTube automatically puts them in or something. But I don't know. It also depends on where you're watching, too. Because I think we do, what, like seven ads in the whole uh, podcast? Yeah. Seven or eight? Yep, seven. Yep, it's always seven. But like seven out of two hours. Right. You know, so we over two hours. Yeah, Why does we They're spaced out like every 20 that's minutes. That's not bad. Yeah. No, I think it's actually like way less than most people do. But it could be that, you know, whatever system you're listening on or on the back end for these yeah. platforms, they could be... They, they could be doubling up or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I bet they do double them up. The Daily Wire definitely does more. And then if you don't like what your platform is doing, try a different platform. We are working on a mobile app. That's right. And once we have that mobile app, we will have the ad-free versions and all of that stuff. Or we're, we're trying to. Um, it's, it's remarkable with the way the economy is right now. It's remarkable how hard it is to get anything done. We were supposed to have construction started a year ago on Freedomistan. And it started, I think, like three months ago. And it was supposed to take two weeks. And it started three months ago. So that's where we're at. Let's grab some more super chats. Mount Jeeves says, is that Mount Jeeves? Some people don't seem to realize not acting for the sake of saving your possessions or money or family doesn't really make any sense. They're killing your kids right now. They're taking everything away with inflation. I would say figuratively killing your kids or they're, they're, there's a major detriment happening to the future of this country in that your kids will have substantially less than you did. I wouldn't be surprised if your grandchildren don't have air conditioning or refrigerators. And I, I really do mean that. Because humans got by without them, and they, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Yep. There you go, man. Let's grab some more Super Chats, try and find something good. There was one I wanted to read, but I can't seem to find it. All right, the Snack Lady Jackie says, I live in North Carolina. None of the rest of our state except Asheville is like Chapel Hill. Nick has no idea what kids are being taught, and most of North Carolina sees the virtue signaling of Chapel Hill. Uh, virtue signaling of Chapel Hill, C-H. Okay. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. There you go. I don't know what to say to that. All right. What do we got here? Pinochet's helicopter tours, interesting name, <laughs> says, as a retired Army 11B myself, to pretend government has a monopoly on force and is always in the right seems contrary to the oath I took and history. But I do think there's a lot of people who are in the armed forces who will just follow orders. Yeah. yeah. I've asked people. That's what history I, dictates. But, I, but I've asked people this question. So I, I've spent some time on some military bases. I have family. And the answer, that I said, if you were ordered to shoot, you know, like some guy in a street corner American citizen, would you do it? And they were like, probably. Like, the, the assumption that people are making when you, you think the soldier would say no is that the person is innocent. But the assumption the soldier is making is, I trust my chain of command and my commanding officer. 
they're not telling me to randomly kill an innocent person. We're trying to, you know, if they say stop that person, take them out, it could be a person with a weapon, a bomb, a murderer. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's probably true for an individual moment, but like a sustained operation. Like right. if you told a platoon, like, you know, I'm thinking back to when I was a platoon leader. If I told my platoon, hey, we're going to go, uh, you know, storm Greenville and start killing people. Like, I am very sure they would not listen to me. Right. I'm very, yeah, I mean, I'm, Vietnam was crazy. I am, I'm very sure of that. So, you know, I, I think give people, give the military some credit. I, I do not think that in general terms, the military wants to take any action against, against the country unless it is like a true crisis. What was the university that had the National Guard shoot up the, Kent State. That was Kent, Kent, State. Kent State. What about Kent State? Yeah, there's, I mean, a, there's conflicting so, history on that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. you know, Kent State, you had National Guard members that are, that you know, had at the time the National Guard then was not the National Guard now, where there was like real training, that hadn't been in you know any kind of aggressive situation before, and they had people throwing rocks at them, and it was an aggressive. You know, they. The kid, you think that can't happen now, though? I, of course, anything can happen. Yeah. Like I mean, people are we're all we're fancy monkeys, right? So like, <laughs> you know, I mean, a good way to put it. you know, if, you know, if you're not trained and you're afraid, you, you're going to make bad decisions. And so like, it, you know, everything that you talk, Tim Kennedy always talks about training, you know, like if you are used to being in crisis, if you're used to. You know, yeah, but the military chain of command is a lot smarter. I mean, they have people literally on now, their computers dropping yeah. bombs on weddings on American teenagers, and American soldiers are doing it without you know without any problems. It happened. Uh, you're, you're talking about drone over, strikes. You're talking about yeah. overseas drone strikes. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, so so that's a whole other moral debate that, that we can get over. I'm talking about in the United States you know asking like an infantry platoon to go like shoot up a town like it's not gonna happen like I, what I, if they say I, we got a bunch of maga extremists they're far right nah. and they've been plotting an attack uh, i think if somebody's plotting an attack that's different but I, how is the soldier going to know that they are yeah their chain of command will say it's happening and they'll say we'll stop that and it could be some dude playing gta in his living room i, I you know as as a former military officer i have a lot more confidence uh, you know, not only in the officer corps, but explicitly in the non-commissioned officer corps. But this is this is no disrespect to to, to the soldiers. It's a, a it's it's a statement of the the impossibilities. If you have a commanding officer who says, "Look, we've got a group of guys who've been plotting some kind of terror attack yep. on a bridge. Yep. We're going to go stop them." Then they show they they show up in their vehicles, and sure enough, here's the group as described, their maga hats on, armed. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be like. I don't trust my CEO. They're going to be like, he's an armed group. You no, know, that's, that that's true. It, yep. in, in, and, uh, and these guys could be like doing a veteran's memorial and, and have no idea, but some power, some person yeah. wants well, to get rid of them. That's I what mean, I mean. The chain of command is not going to say, hey, kill your neighbor, kill your brother. They're far more sophisticated when they have an operation that they need to carry out. Look at uh, the collateral. No, the, the, no, one last point. The collateral murder video that I, was I, released by WikiLeaks. They were celebrating the murder of Reuters right, journalists. But I've got to come back yeah. after you're done. Of I course. Just I just absolutely. Because, absolutely. Yeah. There is no, if, if you, if you, if you served in the military, you realize how hard it would be to do some of these things that you're, that you're describing, like where, where you're going to get Waco, all of these guys. Well, that's a different situation, right? Where you're going to get all of these guys to be in on some kind of a conspiracy. They, 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 they won't be in on it. So I was, a. Uh, uh 
There was when remember that uh, failed coup attempt in Turkey. Yep. I'm sure the details have changed by now. So fact check, fact check the, the the change details. But what was being reported at the time? A bunch of soldiers drove onto the Bosphorus Bridge, which controls entry into the Black mm-hmm. Sea. Then all of a sudden, we started seeing shooting from helicopters, and the media reported that it was a coup attempt. Those soldiers on the bridge, it was reported, had no idea what was going on, but civilians came, grabbed them, and beat them, and dragged them through the streets. I think many of them were killed. What apparently happened, and this was what was reported at the time, so it may not be true. They may have updated the story, but what I was told was, not what I was told, but was actually on Twitter and going through the news, was that a bunch of uh, privates, low-ranking guys, were told, we need to do a security exercise on this bridge because there's a risk of a terror attack. And they Mm. went, sounds good to us. And then they got a bunch of soldiers on the bridge, and then the media came out and said, they're staging a coup. Look, they're doing it now. Got it. So everyone ran up and started attacking them. So if, if, if they came down and said, we got another Whitmer-style plot, and the, the, the local law enforcement is un- unable to handle it, they're, they're calling in the National Guard, their Insurrection Act. Here's a picture of the guys. They need to be detained by any means necessary because they could have bombs on them. Mm-hmm. These guys aren't going to be like, I don't believe you. They're going to be like, oh, no, no, of course not. They're going to be like, uh, of course, the, I trust the intel. Yeah, but, they're, then, but, but they're, then you could have a group of guys who are just basically like marching around demanding a petition, but they're there armed legally. So these guys roll up and they see a bunch of dudes and they jump out and they're like, don't move, put your weapons down. And then these guys are like, what's happening? They get rounded up, brought to a camp. Those, those privates, those uh, lower ranking guys aren't in on anything. They're doing what they believe to be true and correct because they trust their chain of command. But the chain of command could be corrupt. Sure. And it might yeah. not even be their immediate CEO. It could go up way high to like some lunatic yeah. like Millie or something. Just like in Waco, they said, oh, they're shooting at us. We've got to shoot them back. So I, and I, now children are burned. I, I know I'm going to make more, more enemies, but I have to, I have to stick up for Millie. I mean, I, like I'll, I'll tell you right now, I don't know that anybody other than, than uh, Senator Tillis leaned forward more uh, to help with the extraction of the folks in Afghanistan. Um, you know, it's, it's important. I, I can respect the it's, good, it's, you know it's I mean? important to remember that, you know, one Millie is not the president. He serves at the, uh, the benefit of the president and two, he is not a commander. You know, he, he is in a purely advisory role. Um, it, you know, so distracted like, by the cat. No, no, it's no problem. <laughs> like, I, you know, I know for a fact that he was not, you know, he he did not support the decisions that that were made around the extraction of Afghanistan. And so, like, hey, listen, if you want to criticize him for other things, I mean, like, you know, there's certainly, you know, as with all people, there's good and bad. But I will tell you that, like, he gets a lot of heat, but he was one of the only people fighting for the Afghan people during we'll, the extraction. We'll grab one more here. Oka, uh, how do I pronounce this? Okami Horo says, Nick is 100% correct about localizing your efforts. Yes. Furthermore, people like this tend to be more involved in their local elections, school boards, etc. Effort should be placed locally, and over time it will grow. I, I, de- I definitely agree. Vote locally. Focus on your schools. Focus on your, lo- your neighbors. Meet your neighbors. Talk to your neighbors. Organize with your neighbors. And really, if everybody at the grassroots worked towards their community, then we'd have one big, beautiful community up top. All right. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. 
Smash that like button. I said that. <laughs> and go to TimCast.com, become a member. Check out all of our member con- content. Check out the Cast Castle vlog because we've been slowly improving it, doing more episodes, more guest cameos. Apparently, this past episode, people are saying is their favorite because we had um, a bunch of crazy cameos like Viva Frey, Viva Fry, and He's great. other people did cameos to appear in the Cast Castle vlog. So we want to improve the quality. That's what we're working on. We're getting better at it every week, and we're going to have a new episode every Tuesday at 7 p.m. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me at Timcast. Nick, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, uh, just, you know, check out Send Me on Amazon Prime. Um, support SaveOurAllies.org, tremendous organization that, uh, you know, obviously I'm biased. I, you know, I was one of the founders, but, um, you know, we've helped 17,000 plus Afghans thus far. And uh, we're doing incredible work in Ukraine in, uh, you know, medical evacuation, logistics, um, you know, helping a lot of people that are suffering. And uh, yeah, that's it. Sweet. Thanks for coming on. My website is LukeUncensored.com. I have my own members area. Hundreds of videos from 2012, masterclasses, forum, exclusive merchandise, you name it, all on LukeUncensored.com. Thank you so much for coming on. We didn't agree with some stuff, but that's okay. Thank you for at least having a conversation. And I think the conversation is definitely worth having and different perspective and viewpoints are always welcome. Thank you for uh, expressing those. Thanks for having me. And being being yourself. And Ian uh, is there getting taxoplasmosis as we speak. Yeah, can you? see in the shot we get a wide shot of this fine feline i can't widen that one sorry oh, you can only see him a little bit he's drinking ian's water and yeah, for some reason is. he only will drink ian's the water powers of our water Very combined strange. there will be a high enough. what's up everybody show. uh take care of yourself tonight make something cool this weekend yeah, this is great advice. Thank you guys all very much for tuning in for our conversation with Nick. It's Friday. I hope you all are chilling. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at Sarah Patchlids as well as SarahPatchlids.me. We're going to go hang out, chill, have a good time, and I hope you all enjoy your weekend. Thanks for hanging out. We'll have clips up throughout the weekend on this channel, and then we'll see you all once again on Monday. Bye, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.